welcome back to my podcast of Speak Your Damn Mind. I'm your host, Serena Laidley. How are you all doing today? I am fine personally, and thank you. (laughs) Also, I'm excited to tell you about this episode because I had the opportunity to fly to Paris, yes, Paris, and sit in the same room and see with my natural eyes the former first lady Michelle Obama now Michelle is doing her book tour Becoming it's her best selling book yet it's an autobiography of her life and the reason why I'm going to tell you about her book why you should buy it it's because it's not just how Michelle became the first lady of the United States of America, but it tells you where she started from, where she came from, you know, where she was born in the windy city of Chicago, not with a silver spoon in her mouth, according to all popular belief, but from humble beginnings, from two parents who saw the potential in her and her brother, Now, when you have that type of support in your life, who knows what you could do and what you could be. When you have the driving force behind you to keep you going, to encourage you on every step of the way. So this is why I implored all people to think positive, to be positive, to speak positive things to yourself and to others. To those who are around you. Because passing that positivity will only enlighten, grow, become. When you speak negative, that can also grow and become. But why speak negative when you have the option to speak positive? I digress. (laughs) Anyway, um, so my experience of going to Paris... And I've been to Paris before, I've said this in my last podcast, um, but this time it was more of a personal, like personal touch. I went determined to see Michelle Obama. Now, I missed out um, getting the tickets to see Michelle Obama in London, and I was not paying $500 to go, £500 even, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> I was just speaking to um, my American um, well, it is. Anyways, I was not spending £500. Sorry, Michelle, you're good, but not £500, love. No. <laughs> um, when I could just easily buy my ticket, my accommodation, and spend a few days in Paris. All in a budget of £500. So, um... Black girl smarts here. <laughs> but seeing Michelle in Paris, it was uh, a life teaching moment. Well, there was a few moments actually. Even um, visiting the Notre Dame Cathedral. Um, and I will explain further um, as we go along into this podcast I will try not to make this podcast no longer than 15-20 minutes can you hold on that long 
I would advise you to hold on because I have a competition and you're going to have to listen very carefully and right to the end because I will be picking out five people that will get a copy of the book and a few other surprising goodies. Now you have to listen all the way to the end and answer five questions that I will be talking to you about. But the answers are in this podcast. Okay? So you're not going to really find it online. No. Can't ask your brethren. Can't ask your brother, your sister, your mother, or your father. <laughs> You've got to listen to this podcast. And it was pretty simple. Not too hard. I think you can get it. It'd be harder for me to pick up five. <laughs> but, yeah. So listen. is an affirming book to read is it, it is a witness of the truth to life experiences of the makings of the former first lady michelle reading her memoir is an uplifting read you know she started growing up on the poverty streets of chicago with her two parents and her brother craig she stood beside the most powerful man of the free world, her husband, Barack Obama. Popular to country belief, Michelle did not grow up with a silver spoon in her mouth. However, she noticed and she recognized from a young woman that she belonged in this world and she knew she had the right to this world. As any person mm-hmm. in the country, she knew she was a black young girl becoming. You will hear snippets from intimate conversations with Michelle, talking from her childhood, mothering, and of course being the first black lady in the White House. Self-sacrifice and honor and dignity. So my brother and I today, when we talk about our dad, we talk about what he would want to see in us. Um, So we always wanted to live up to his expectations. We never wanted to disappoint him. I mean, we, we lived in a household where a spanking or two would be doled out. But it would only be by my mother, because my mother felt that men shouldn't get children. So she handled that. Um, like in my eyes. But that meant that when our father got mad at us and said he was disappointed in us, we would break down and sob. The last thing we wanted to do was to disappoint this man who sacrificed everything for us. Um, so it makes it, it made it easier for me down the road when I went through hard times. I would think about my father and go, this is nothing, you know? Get up, do the work. 
that's probably one of the reasons why I took physical movement, let's move, and because I learned to value movement. I didn't take it for granted. I didn't take sports for granted. I didn't want other kids to take that for granted because you never know what life will hand, hand your way. You never know if one day you'll wake up and not be able to move. Um, so I want all kids to move and take advantage and embrace that movement. Um, so I mean, he taught me so much. To turn it back to while you were a kid and real talk, you sound like you were an intense child. I was a yeah, I was a little intense. That's the only yeah. child I've ever heard about who asked for a do-over of a spelling bee. I know, that was crazy, and I remembered it. But what was going on in that young Michelle Obama's head? Where was all that pressure coming from? It wasn't coming from home. I mean, as I told you, my parents thought that we were brilliant. And, you know, so it wasn't from them. This is where I think, and for the parents in the room, you probably understand this. Kids come to this earth with a certain temperament, a certain set of traits that, and you look at your children and you wonder, where did you come from? <laughs> why do you do this? Why are you fussy and why are you fussy? You don't know. You, we, you think you are in charge. You know, if you think you can plan your pregnancies and read books and have it all mastered and figured out, and then they show up and they are exactly who they were supposed to be, regardless of what you do. That part of me, that sort of determined, that determined little feisty little spirit, from what I can remember, was always there. I mean, I tell the story about taking piano lessons and arguing with my piano teacher, who was my great aunt because she wanted me, at four, she wanted me to learn piano one way, and I was confident that she didn't know what she was talking about. At four, at four. And I would battle her to the bitter end, not because I wanted, didn't want to do it, I wanted to do it faster. And I thought that she wasn't challenging me at four. I don't, my mother didn't do that, my parents didn't do that. That was, that there was a part of me that was always way and my mother felt that her job wasn't to I describe it as they saw that flame in me and unlike some parents or some people do to girls when girls show up with that flame you know they have that thing in them sometimes people are afraid of that in girls and they try to dampen it you know snuff some people out. try to snuff it completely out um, and if it doesn't happen in your house, it happens in society. Society is constantly trying to quiet the girl, make her more a little more ladylike. Um, <laughs> Whatever that means. My parents instead wanted to keep that flame lit. You know, they knew they had to help me balance it, right? Because I would be a girl, a woman out in the world, and they knew what was waiting. But they didn't douse that flame. Um, and that's what I think we have to remember because, you know, girls come to this world, they're competitors. They want to win too. They don't, they, they just don't want to be loving mothers and wives. They want to kick a ball. They want to throw a punch. They want to have an argument. They want to win too. So, 
room for that spirit in girls in the same way that we make room for that spirit in our boys. So your parents understood that. They also understood that education was foundational. Think on this. What sacrifices have you or those who have supported you made? As I walk along the river saying, the streets are loitered with people from news anchors, students, people from all over the world, including myself, observing, watching, smoke, bellowing from the Notre Dame. This iconic building built in the 11th century is on fire. You got the police trying to protect the people. You got the fire engines trying to douse the fire with the water. Some of us are just in silence. Others are asking why. Few asking how. This iconic building that has stood for many centuries is now crumbling inside on fire. All the gold is inside. Not all the gold of Fanta, obviously, but there's some gold in there. The rooftop of the cathedral is grey. It's black. It's hardly unrecognisable. This iconic building, this beautiful piece with gargoyle statues and gold tips and stained glass windows. This beautiful piece is on fire. I took this as a lesson and I thought about it. I took a sila moment. On it. What lesson can I take from this? What have I learned to ensure that my foundations are intact? My core beliefs, my faith, my values, my spirit. When shit wants to hit the fan, or when the fire hits the rooftop, what remains when the fire of testing wants to come at you with the accusations, with lies and unfamiliarity, unplanned life events and corruption? What do you run to? What is your foundation? I mean, we all got to have these tests of life, right? I mean, it's unavoidable. If you want to become your becoming, then these life t turns will come at you. But you have to check yourself and say, what are your foundations? What are my foundations? Looks may fade. Your job, your employment may, may go, but what makes you in your becoming?
Or have you become? What makes you you? If it's not your job. If it's not your relationship. Where and where do you go to? What strength do you draw from? For yourself. What still remains... When everything is gone. That's a lesson. Can I serene lately. That I am of today. And who I am yet. Still yet to become. Remain. Does my core beliefs remain. Does my faith remain. Does my value remain the same. Actually your value can increase actually. But, what is it to begin with? Uh, these are the life experiences. The both good and the bad. They can teach you a lot. I implore you to do the same. To sit down or stand up, however you choose, to reflect. And write down your life map. Starting from the day you were born to the age you are now. Mapping out the highs and low points of your life. Write a couple of words describing the description and the age of your peaks and troughs. And answer these questions. 1. What are the significant milestones, events, your life to date? Question number two, what things have you done that you are proud of? Three, and if it's not too troubling, it's not too triggering, what things are you not so proud of? Four, what risks did you take? Five, what patterns can you recognize? The reason why I want you to do this is because the purpose of this exercise is to identify your hidden goals and fears. I'm putting pen to paper, getting your thoughts out, getting your memories out. And if you're done, you can email me your copy of your life map to info at dearblackwoman.org That's info at dearblackwoman.org Woman is spelled W-O-M-X-N Okay? For more information of creating your life map, you can head over to Oprah Mm-hmm. Oprah will be doing that at oprah.com forward slash spirit forward slash again create your own life map that is oprah.com forward slash spirit forward slash again create your own life map and let me know how you get on yeah, work. 
You gotta do the work, you gotta work hard, and sometimes you have to work even harder because they will doubt you even more. But we belong. But why is it a zero-sum game? Why is it the perception that for me to be at the table, you have to get up, as opposed to, it's a big table, we can all sit here. Well, yes. Why is that? People with power, you know? Yes, I ask the same question, but I do think that people, it, I, you know, it's, it's, maybe it's our evolutionary process that we feel like we're competing for smaller and smaller resources, so people are really afraid, um, so they hold on to what they have because they, they're afraid that, that there isn't enough. Um, so yeah, I, as I see it, there are people who hold on to power because they're afraid of what it means to let it go. Um, and just to be, to, to offer context and empathy, Maybe if you've never been poor, or you've never had to strive, or you've never not been at the table, I can understand where it could be frightening to think about what it would mean not to have that. Yeah. But when you're a kid like me, you never had it. So I'm willing to share. I know what it's like to be rich, to be poor, to be active at the table. There's room for everybody. But I, I have a broader context than that. I'm not afraid. You get to have more. Wow. You get to Harvard Law, you make it to a law firm, you get the corner office, you get the Saab, you get a wine subscription. I'm not sure about that. I did, <laughs> yes. I never drank it, but I had it. And you get an Armani suit. <laughs> but you're not lying. Michelle Obama has said, is there really room at the table? She said yes. And I agree with her. I also believe that people have their own talents and abilities and not everyone is the same. You're not in competition with anybody else but yourself. It is your responsibility to know what your faults, what's your abilities and to work hard at them. Now, I may not be the best at this podcasting, but damn right, I'm going to do what I can. Because I have a passion for this. I have a passion for people to hear my voice. And I need to build my confidence up. So is there room at the table? Yeah. Because everybody has to bring something to the table. Whether that's a pie, whether that's a dessert, drinks conversation, laughter, everybody has a different ability. What's yours? Uh, upright piano. And the first concert I had, first recital we had, we had it downtown at the symphony. God knows how little Aunt Robbie got us a symphony uh, practice room. But there were, I described these two big baby grand pianos. And I went up to play my song. And I, of course, Michelle Robinson, that little girl you heard about, knew her song backwards and forwards because I was that kid. But I had never sat before a pristine set of piano keys in my life. And you know how when you're learning to play, middle C is like your anchor. And that's where you begin when you're young. 
and I and Robbie's middle C key was chipped. It was perfectly chipped, so I could always find it on her piano. And I sat down in that big piano, and I couldn't find middle C. And I talk about that was one of the first times that I realized that there was a world of perfection out there. <laughs> Kids playing on perfect pianos that I didn't even know existed, right? Um, and that's a lot of what happens to kids, you know, when we think about advantages and disadvantages, you know, I'm as bright as any kid, but I never played piano on a perfect piano, and that mattered. And there are kids all over this country, all over this world, who are trying to keep up with half as much, with chipped piano keys, with broken lives and not enough money and resources and doggone it, we're doing it half, nine times out of 10, we're keeping up. Um, and that's so scary. Maybe you to say you were going to follow in your brother's footsteps when you went to Princeton. Of course. Princeton in the house? Okay. <laughs> See? Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> and yet when you said it to the counselor at school. And again, that didn't crush me because I was that kid. But how many other kids did she say that to? Um, and what was it based on? I mean, I was an honor student. I was a senior class treasurer. I had a brother who had gone to Princeton. I, was, I got great grades. So what did she base it on? But that was just the beginning of many um, ways that I was uh, underestimated. Yeah. You know, and I know that there are a lot of women, people of color, working class folks who, uh, can count the times when they're underestimated. When people just tell you, don't dream too big, maybe not, don't overreach, don't overreach, you know, just think small, be quiet, we like you here, not wanting to be here. Um, and my reaction, fortunately, wasn't, okay, maybe you're right, let me rethink this. I did what I always did, I said, I'll show you. I will show you, baby. Woo! That was powerful right there. Playing from Broken Keys. Michelle played perfectly. Symphony on Broken Keys. Now the black keys probably had scratches, marks, it probably wasn't even black anymore. The white keys probably had chipped um, and you know you probably could miss keys but she played per a perfect symphony on the key and on the piano. Now from the outer eye that piano would be called damaged. How many of us have been called damaged? I have. But I choose not to remain damaged. Now, it's a lot of work to work on my emotions because I was emotionally abused. But I choose not to lay down and accept that anymore. How many of us have played from broken keys? How many of us had to create something out of nothing? To become something when everybody else has abandoned you, rejected you, told you were nothing, hated you, despised you, told you that they didn't love you, and left you out. 
in the cold. But something changed in you and you chose not to remain in that place. Now I encourage you to continue in your walk of becoming who you're meant to be. Forget the naysayers. Forget those who wish negativity upon you. In actual fact, they're actually wishing it upon themselves. Because there's something in them that has that spirit in them. Because they don't feel good about themselves. But that's not your problem. Your responsibility is to make something of yourself through all the bullshit. So just because we're in a bad spat now, and not everybody agrees that we're in a bad spat. Some people are like, this is what I like. This is what I was looking for. Close your borders. Keep everything to yourself. Okay, settle down. <laughs> um, but that's but, not the zero-sum game. That's the zero-sum game. Um, but there is that out there in the world. It's, here in this arena, it's in, it's all over the place. The power of hope, the desire to do things differently, better, for each generation, that's the truth. You just can't lose sight of that. Are you looking forward to anything about being just lady? I was looking forward to doing the work. I, I, absolutely, I was honored. Um, I was, I, I, I wanted to open the house up. My, my desire, I knew that being the first black family um, represented something important. Um, I knew that we needed to use our time wisely um, to open that house up to people who normally wouldn't get access to that place. Um, I knew we wanted to just do things differently, like doing spoken word rap music at the White House, or having Girl Scouts camp on the South Lawn, or you know, doing big dance parties. We had Alvin Ailey performing. We just we had stuff happening there all the time, and all we thought was more, more, more people, more access, because we were the kids who were usually on the outside of the bars of that power looking in. And I wanted to make sure that kids like us of all colors and races and political parties got to go in those rooms and sit in those chairs and to understand that this happens just as much as anti-governance and ridiculous. Not every administration approaches it that way, um, and that's their right, but we knew we had to do that work. And I was excited about the possibility of making that happen. So yeah, there was a lot I was excited about. Were you prepared for the scrutiny, the level of scrutiny? Just like some kids here experience that when you become more than people thought you'd be, you're a threat sometimes, and they don't know how to react to it, so they attack it. They try to snuff out that flame. And that and I want young kids to know that happened to me. And it happens to all of us. And sometimes it, you know, it hurts. And I want people, kids to understand. I want to express the hurt in that. I had to relive that in order to do it. But that hurt, that pain, that sort of shock of going through that prepared me for how I needed to enter the White House. 
I knew that I wouldn't get the benefit of the doubt as a black first lady. I knew I had to earn the trust of people who doubted that a tall, dark-skinned, um, highly opinionated person might not fit the traditional stereotype. So I knew I had to get in there and do the work and define my voice first, because what I learned in the campaign is that if you don't own your voice and define your story, others will do it for you. They will do it quickly. And they will turn in you into something that you don't even recognize. And with the listening to her and seeing her in Paris. I'll just name a few. One, define your voice. You have a voice. Whether you're able to speak it, you have the ability to define it by using art, sign language, or moving an object. It is your voice. Your voice matters. Your voice projects the personality of you. Your voice is unique. To show your ability to tell the world who you are. Do not leave that to another person to define who you are. Do not give them that power to be able to manipulate and to change anything that is not of you. You have the power to change that. Another thing that I've learned, number two. That a person who may be sitting in a position of authority doesn't make them right. When, a, when Michelle's guidance, guidance counsellor made a snap judgement that she wasn't Princeton material, she refused to take her word for gospel. Instead, she reached out to other educators and community leaders who were actually familiar with her work. And her work gained entry into the University of Choice. It can be easily to assume that someone's title qualifies them to dismiss you. But don't believe it. Number three. It's okay to admit that you need help. Now, as I enter the political race myself for 2020... I realise the vast, hard work that I have to endure. The work has already begun. And I find myself cast out to the sea, trying to scramble for knowledge. However, I've been blessed so far with women and men up and down the country that are willing to help and guide me on this race. Connecting with people is the pinnacle of why I'm running in this political race. For most of my life I had lived in isolation due to um, escaping abusive marriage. But I realise now that my knowledge was limited 
and I was unable to communicate with the outside world because of fear and the fear of looking stupid as well fear of embarrassment the fear of not looking like I have it all together which I don't but to admit that I need help was a big blow to my ego but I realise now that is actually a powerful thing admitting that I need help first of all it makes acknowledgement to me that I do not know everything and that I'm able to make myself vulnerable to ask to ask for help to ask for an explanation and and to ask for time because the reason why I want to run for this political race being a young black woman a single mother to a teenager I want change son and for others I want to live in a safer place I want my son my future generation to live in a safer place asking for help means I have to go and connect with other people that are around me no matter the race no matter the sex I will be the one who will outreach my hand I want to help others who may have felt the same way as me. I want to touch the lives of the brokenhearted. I want to recapture those that were lost. And to hear those voices that have been quietened. I want to make a safer I mean, this is a bit ambitious of me, but a safer world. But I may just have to start off with Snellick. <laughs> and so well. But with the lives that I have connected with just this month alone, they are all over the country. Men, women, black, white, Asian different creeds, all people around the world with the willingness and the heart to make a better place. Hearing, hearing, (laughs) seeing, reading Michelle Obama's book has given me that hope. That hope that I'm not just a single mother, was damaged. I'm not just the the little black girl that was always stuck in the corner. I am Serena lately. I have become Serena lately. 
competition time. Mm-hmm. There are five questions you must answer. I will choose three lucky winners for a chance to win Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. Of course, there. That's the title of the whole podcast. <laughs> and a dear black woman goodie bag and a mystery prize. You have this till the 7th of July to get your answers in. And I will announce the winners on the 11th of July. So you've got to the 7th of July to get five questions right. Send them to me. Send them to my email address at info at dearblackwoman.org. That is info at dearblackwoman, woman spelled W-O-M. XN.org. And if you don't know why I've put an X in woman, drop me a question and I will explain to you why. So here are the five questions you must answer. One, which instrument did Michelle play? Two, What is the name of her campaign and who is it for? So that's a double question in there. Three, where was Michelle's first international trip and which historical building did she visit? Four, what must you keep lit up if you want to make it through life? And five, what is it okay to ask for? So I repeat those questions again. One, which instrument did Michelle play growing up? What is the name of her campaign and who is it for? Three, where was Michelle's first international trip? And which historical building did she visit? Four. What must you keep lit if you want to make it through life? And five. What is it okay to ask for? So don't forget guys, the 7th of July, get all your answers in. And I will announce the winners on the 11th of July. Visit my website at www.dearblackwoman.org That is www.dearblackwoman.org Thank you guys. Thanks for listening. And there you have it. If you like this episode, please leave your comments at info at dearblackwoman.org or head over to my website where you can also purchase a t-shirt and hoodie at www.dearblackwoman.org and woman is spelled W-O-M-X-N.
And then on top of that, you have to do all your stuff outside of uni to make sure that you actually get a job once you leave, otherwise you're drowning in debt. So my experience was, and then even in the classroom, you get there and people are just, I don't want to swear, but they're just chatting rubbish. Like people are talking about these sociological things, but totally ignore race, ignore gender, ignore class, all these different intersections of life. Yeah. And just telling you this lovely middle class white History of sociology, at women. The difficulty I have 
is I don't shout about what I do. I just do it. So I need yourselves to kind of shout about it because I just say, oh, it's okay, it's just something which we do. But I realize that not many people. Hold on. Does it not come from the black community? Really? Who said who? I've only ever heard the word ratchet being used by black people. I've heard ghetto being used by white people. Ghetto, working class, those kind of words. But the word ratchet, do you not always hear it coming from other black people? Like, oh, that girl, she's so ratchet. Like, she's such a mess. Mm, okay. So is that public culture then? Is that because mm. we hear that from? So that's an American term. Yeah. So yeah. that's not really a British, not a British term. term. So it's not really taught by. We didn't really no. just as, as black British women. We didn't come up with that word. Absolutely. Way. So Absolutely. it's what they show on, let's say, Housewives, yeah. Atlanta, yeah. or these reality shows, mm-hmm. scripted reality shows mm-hmm. now, and then we've unfortunately abducted that yeah. again. We adopt Americanisms. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We do. So. Why not create our own language? Why do we have to then assign Absolutely. ourselves with that type of discourse? Which, I don't know, they may experience it differently than mm. we do as black British women. I don't know what it's like to be a no, black absolutely. American woman. but I think black British identity yeah. in the past few years has become a thing. Like Before that, nobody was really talking about it in mm. academia, in everyday life. It was everyone who was just kind of like, oh, I'm Gambian, I'm Nigerian. I'm Jamaican, whatever. Yeah. Now we're actually starting to identify like, oh, I'm black British. Yeah. So I think, unlike the African Americans who have this whole culture that is solidified and, you know, archived, etc., mm. we're just starting that process. Mm. So in my opinion, I don't see the necessarily the problem in kind of borrowing some of those isms if it's going to help us build our own, if that makes sense. Okay. Right, okay. so if I'm like, okay, I'm a working class black woman here in the UK. Yeah. I dress a certain way, I talk a certain way, people perceive me a certain way, mm. and that aligns with the culture from somewhere else. That, that's that, their problem. Mm. That's their problem, because if their perceptions do not match what your Mm-hmm. Your, your, who you are then the problem lies with them so then that's the the, the issue is or is it issue you mentioned about being unapologetic yeah yeah so therefore it's also about changing the narrative do you yeah. do you think we as black women rubbish women have the option to change the narrative and just being unapologetically without being labelled as as ratchet, ghetto, loud, all that, do you think we really have the freedom and the space just to be unapologetically me, you? In reality, no, we don't have that freedom. But I feel like you always have to force it. Do you know what I mean? So, for example, the starting point for me is, do you see those words as bad things? So, do you see being ratchet, being ghetto, being whatever... Is that a bad thing? If you start That's, off asking mm, that question, mm. that in turn is going to lead to everything else. Because I, for years and years and years, that was an insult to me. Somebody called me ratchet. Yeah. I was like, why? You know, getting getting there. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean I'm getting ratchet? But in turn, when you now start to you know look at yourself and really look at your culture, and mm. I'm like, okay, what's so wrong with being ratchet? Like, what's so wrong Own it and put right. the power back exactly. in our hands and exactly. not in that right. Exactly. Because you're then reclaiming it. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm ratchet. I'm what? Okay. 
And then now when somebody calls you ratchet, what are you going to do? Yeah, I'm ratchet. What are you going to do? Is, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's like back in the day when people called women like, you're a slut. Mm. And now you have like the amber roses of the world. Oh, yeah. Doing, you know, slut walk where it's like, okay, I'm a slut. I'm Mm. You have to when you then reclaim it, you can then put your own definition. Just how you know Amber Rose changed the definition of slut to like all women who yeah, empowerment yeah, so to women empowerment now. Women yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think by reclaiming what? words like ratchet and ghetto, mm -hmm. you then become your own definition. Of Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if I can say that I'm ratchet. It's like, oh, maybe Ratchet is what I thought it was. Yeah. Because I can stand up and say that, yeah, I got my door knock earrings on. Yeah. You know, on a Tuesday, I'll be rocking my 30 inch blonde yeah. wig. Yeah, you yeah. I, I got that too. Down draw. Brixton High School. Yeah. We're doing a madness. Mm. But at the same time, you're educated. Get, you're okay. in, in I get invited to universities to talk about black feminism, mm. to talk about theory. So, those don't have to be two separate parts of my identity. They are the same person. Yeah. I'm the same sailor yeah. everywhere. Which is where I mean about unapologeticness. You shouldn't have to feel like, as a black woman, you go into a certain space and you be one version of yourself. And then as soon as you leave, you're a different version. Like, mm -hmm. You don't have to be, oh, with my black friends, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. Mm -hmm. I talk this way, I dress this way. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm in a white institution, at university, mm -hmm. I look this way, I talk this way, I read Books. In reality, those are all you. Yeah, and you should feel free to do all of those mm. in any space that you are, and that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm rich. Mm. I'm a working class black woman, but I'm also in these universities working with young women, doing all these things that otherwise don't. Mm. Need that narrative of ratchetness. Mm. And it's great, and it's you're you're touching on basically cognitive dissonance, uh -huh. and you're dealing with that issue. And so many women do with that. Do you know what I mean? Black mm -hmm. women and black mm -hmm. girls are so growing up with that, and I'm, that's so powerful what you're doing. Thank you. So yes, <laughs> thank you. So where can they find you? People follow you. Subscribe, please. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. So, I'm on Twitter. I'm a bit of a mess on Twitter. Just been ranting. It's a mixture of like feminism, talking about celebrity gossip, and then maybe like pictures of Idris Elba and Skepta. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm Ratchet. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. At, call me Sana yeah. on Twitter, uh -huh. on Instagram as well, but I just post selfies on them. Uh -huh. It's the same everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, just stay tuned. Hopefully you'll see my face somewhere yeah. near you. What's next for you then after uni? Or do, what, well, what's next for you? Because you're, oh, you're here talking. I'm at uni. Yeah. Um, doing the feminist thing with Victoria. Yeah. But I also st started my own business. Easy. Come on, speak on it. <laughs> speak on oh, it. Oh. <laughs> so I launched my bundles business. Because I'm a hairstylist. Yeah. yeah. Multifaceted dudes. Yes, yes. That's what we definitely. Yes, we are. So I'm a hairstylist. So I also do hair. And I sell bundles. Uh -huh. And that's what I'm doing at the moment. And then uni in September again. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And then doing the work with Victoria. Yeah. So we out here. We're out yeah, here. Yeah, out here. Well done. Well done. Do the thing. Yeah, man. And I support you on that. So well done. And thank you for being a thank super you, black woman. <laughs> Speaking your damn mind and being unapologetic Girl, stop. They about that. See me doing <laughs> but yeah. Thank you guys. So there you go. Go follow her. Go get your bundles and go get your feminism from this woman right now. Powerful, amazing. Hold on. Does it not come from the black community? Really? Who said who? I've only ever heard the word ratchet 
being used by black people. I've heard ghetto being used by white people. Ghetto, working class, those kind of words. But the word ratchet, do you not always hear it coming from other black people? Like, oh, that girl, she's so ratchet. Like, she's such a mess. Mm, okay. So is that popular culture then? Is that because mm. we hear that from? Because that's an American term. Yeah. Because yeah. that's not really a British, not a British term. term. So it's not really taught by. We didn't really no. just as, as black British women. We didn't come up with that Absolutely. word. Absolutely. So Absolutely. it's what they show on, let's say, Housewives, yeah. Atlanta, yeah. all these reality shows, mm-hmm. scripted reality shows mm-hmm. now, and then we've unfortunately adopted that yeah. again. We, we adopt Americanisms. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We do. So. Why not create our own language? Why do we have to then assign Absolutely. ourselves with that type of discourse? Which, I don't know, they may experience it differently than mm. we do as black British women. I don't know what it's like to be a no, black absolutely. American woman. but I think black British identity yeah. in the past few years has become a thing. Like Before that, nobody was really talking about it in mm. academia, in everyday life. Because everyone was just kind of like, oh, I'm Gambian, I'm Nigerian. I'm Jamaican, whatever. Yeah. Now we're actually starting to identify like, oh, I'm black British. Yeah. So I think, unlike the African Americans who have this whole culture that is solidified and you know archived, etc., mm. we're just starting that process. Mm. So in my opinion, I don't see the necessarily the problem in kind of borrowing some of those isms okay. if it's going to help us build our own, if that makes sense. Okay. Right, okay. so if I'm like, okay, I'm a working class black woman here in the UK. Yeah. I dress a certain way, I talk a certain way, people perceive me a certain way, mm. and that aligns with the culture from somewhere else. That, that's that's that, their problem. Mm. That's their problem, because if their perceptions do not match what your Mm-hmm. Your, your, who you are then the problem lies with them so then that's the the, the issue is or is it issue you mentioned about being unapologetic yeah yeah so therefore it's also about changing the narrative do you yeah. do you think we as black women rubbish women have the option to change the narrative and just being unapologetically us without being labeled as as ratchet ghetto loud all that do you think we really have the freedom and the space just to be unapologetically me you in reality no we don't have that freedom but i feel like you always have to force it you know what i mean so for example the starting point for me is do you see those words as bad things so do you see being ratchet being ghetto being whatever is that a bad thing? If you start That's, off asking mm, that question, mm. that in turn is going to lead to everything else. Because I, for years and years and years, that was an insult to me. Somebody called me ratchet. Yeah. I was like, why? You know, getting there. Getting yeah. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean I'm getting ratchet? But in turn, when you now start to, you know, look at yourself and really look at your culture, and mm. I'm like, okay, what's so wrong with being ratchet? Like, what's so wrong Own it and put right. the power back exactly. in our hands and exactly. not in that. Right. Exactly. Because you're then reclaiming it. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm ratchet and what? And then now when somebody calls you ratchet, what are you doing? Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ratchet and what? Like, what are you going to do? It's, it, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's like back in the day when people call women like you're a slut. Mm. And now you have like the amber roses of the world. Oh, yeah. Doing, you know, slut walk where it's like, okay, I'm a slut and what? Mm. You have to, when you then reclaim it, you can then put your own definition. 
just how you know Amber Rose changed the definition of slut to like all women who yeah, empowerment to women empowerment now. Yeah. 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 And I think by reclaiming words like ratchet and ghetto, mm -hmm. you then become your own definition of words. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if I can say that I'm ratchet, it's like oh, maybe ratchet is what I thought it was. Yeah. Because I can stand up and say that yeah. I got my door knock earrings on. Yeah. You know, on a Tuesday I'll be rocking my 30 inch blonde yeah. wig. Yeah, yeah. I, mean? I got that too. Down draw. Brixton High School. Yeah. We're doing a madness. Mm. But at the same time, you're I educated. Get, you're okay. in, in I get invited to universities to talk about black feminism, mm. to talk about theory. So those don't have to be two separate parts of my identity. They are the same person yeah. and the same sailor yeah. everywhere. Which is where I mean about unapologeticness. You shouldn't have to feel like, as a black woman, you go into a certain space and you be one version of yourself. And then as soon as you leave, you're a different version. Like, mm -hmm. You don't have to be, oh, with my black friends, I'm this and that and that. Mm -hmm. I talk this way, I dress this way. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm in a white institution, a university, mm -hmm. I look this way, I talk this way, I read Books. In reality, those are all you. Yeah, and you should feel free to do all of those mm. in any space that you are, and that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm actually, mm. I'm a working class black woman, but I'm also in these universities working with young women, doing all these things that otherwise don't. Mm. Need that narrative of ratchetness. Mm. And it's great, and it's you're you're touching on basically cognitive dissonance, uh -huh. and you're dealing with that issue. And so many women do with that. Do you know what I mean? Black mm -hmm. women and black mm -hmm. girls are so growing up with that, and I'm, that's so powerful what you're doing. Thank you. So yeah, <laughs> thank you. So where can they find you? People follow you. Subscribe, please. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. So, I'm on Twitter. I'm a bit of a mess on Twitter. Just been ranting. It's a mixture of like feminism, talking about celebrity gossip, and then maybe like pictures of Idris Elba and Skepta. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm Ratchet. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. At Call Me Sana yeah. on Twitter. Uh -huh. On Instagram as well, but I just post selfies on them. Uh -huh. It's the same everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, just stay tuned. Hopefully you'll see my face somewhere yeah. near. What's next for you then after uni or what, well, what's that for you? Because you're oh, you're here talking. I'm at uni. Yeah. Um, doing the feminist thing with Victoria. Yeah. But I also st started my own business. Easy. Come on, speak on it. <laughs> speak on oh, it. Oh. <laughs> so I launched my bundles business because I'm a hairstylist. Yeah. yeah. Multifaceted. Boobs. Yes. Multifaceted yes. Boobs. That's what we definitely. Yes. We are. So, I'm a uh -huh. hairstylist, so I also do hair and I sell bundles, uh -huh. and that's what I'm doing at the moment. And then uni in September again, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and then doing the work with Victoria. Yeah. So we out here. We're out yeah, here. out here. Well done. Well done. Do the yeah, man. And I support you on that. So well done. I'm thanking being a Thank super you, black woman. <laughs> Speaking your damn mind and being unapologetic Girl, stop. They about that. See me doing <laughs> but yeah. Thank you guys. So there you go. Go follow her. Go get your bundles and go get your feminism from this woman right now. Powerful, amazing. Hold on. Does it not come from the black community? Really? Who said who? I've only ever heard the word ratchet being used by black people. I've heard ghetto being used by white people. Ghetto, working class, those kind of words. But the word ratchet, do you not always hear it coming from other black people like, oh, that girl, she's so ratchet, like, she's such a mess. 
Okay. So is that popular culture then? Is that because mm. we hear that from? So that's an American term. Yeah. Because yeah. that's not really a British, not a British term. term. So it's not really taught by. We didn't really no. just as, as black British women. We didn't come up with that Absolutely. word. Absolutely. So Absolutely. it's what they show on, let's say, Housewives, yeah. Atlanta, yeah. all these reality shows, mm-hmm. scripted reality shows mm-hmm. now, and then we've unfortunately adopted that yeah. again. We, we adopt Americanisms. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We do. So. Why not create our own language? Why do we have to then assign Absolutely. ourselves with that type of discourse? Which, I don't know, they may experience it differently than mm. we do as black British women. I don't know what it's like to be a no, black absolutely. American woman. but I think black British identity yeah. in the past few years has become a thing. Like Before that, nobody was really talking about it in mm. academia, in everyday life. Because everyone was just kind of like, oh, I'm Gambian, I'm Nigerian. I'm Jamaican, whatever. Yeah. Now we're actually starting to identify like, oh, I'm black British. Yeah. So I think, unlike the African Americans who have this whole culture that is solidified and, you know, archived, etc., we're just starting that process. Mm. So in my opinion, I don't see the necessarily the problem in kind of borrowing some of those isms if it's going to help us build our own, if that makes sense. Okay. okay. Right, so if I'm like, okay, I'm a working class black woman here in the UK. Yeah. I dress a certain way. I talk a certain way. People perceive me a certain way. Mm. And that aligns with the culture from somewhere else. That, that, that's their problem. Mm. That's their problem because if their perceptions do not match what you're Mm-hmm. Your, you, who you are then the problem lies with them so then that's the the, the issue is or is it issue you mentioned about being unapologetic yeah yeah so therefore it's also about changing the narrative do you yeah. do you think we as black women rubbish women have the option to change the narrative and just being unapologetically us without being labelled as as ratchet, ghetto, loud, all that. Do you think we really have the freedom and the space just to be unapologetically me? You. In reality, yeah. no, we don't have that freedom. But I feel like you always have the full set. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, for example, the starting point for me is do you see those words as bad things? So, do you see being ratchet, being ghetto, being whatever? Is that a bad thing? If you start That's off asking mm. that question, mm. that in turn is going to lead to everything else. Because I, for years and years and years, that was an insult to me. Somebody called me ratchet. Yeah. And I was like, why? You know, getting, getting there. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean I'm getting ratchet? But in turn, when you now start to you know, look at yourself and really look at your culture, mm. I'm like, okay, what's so wrong with being ratchet? Like, what's so wrong Own it and put right. the power back exactly. in our hands and exactly. not in that. Right. Exactly. Because you're then reclaiming it. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm ratchet and what? And then now when somebody calls you ratchet, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ratchet and what? What are you going to do? Is, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's like back in the day when people called women like, you're a slut. Mm. And now you have like the amber roses of the world. Oh, yeah. Doing, yeah. you know, slut walk where it's like, okay, I'm a slut and what? Mm. You have to, when you then reclaim it, you can then put your own definition. Just how, you know, Amber Rose changed the definition of slut to like all women who see yeah, empower- women empowerment, empowerment now. Yeah. 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 And I think by reclaiming words like ratchet and ghetto, mm-hmm. you then become 
your own definition of motherhood. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if I can say that I'm ratchet, it's like, I'm going to be ratchet. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. Because I can stand up and say that, yeah, I've got my door knock earrings on. Yeah. You know, on a Tuesday, I'll be rocking my 30 inch blonde yeah. wig. Yeah, yeah. You know I, I got mean? that too. Down draw. Bridgeton High School. Yeah. We're doing a madness. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're educated. I get, you're okay. in, in I get invited universe. to universities to talk about black feminism, mm -hmm. to talk about theory. So those don't have to be two separate parts of my identity. They are the same person. Yeah. I'm the same sailor yeah. everywhere. Which is where I mean about unapologeticness. You shouldn't have to feel like, as a black woman, you go into a certain space and you be one version of yourself. And then as soon as you leave, you're a different version. Like, mm -hmm. You don't have to be, oh, with my black friends, I'm this and that and that. Mm -hmm. I talk this way, I dress this way. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm in a white institution, at university, mm -hmm. I look this way, I talk this way, I read these books. Mm -hmm. In reality, those are all you. Yeah. And you should feel free to do all of those mm -hmm. in any space that you are in. And that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm such you. Mm -hmm. I'm a working class black woman. But I'm also in these universities working with young women, doing all these things that otherwise don't need that narrative of ratchetness. Mm. And it's great, and it's you're you're touching on basically cognitive dissonance, and you're dealing with that issue. And so many women do with that. Do you know what I mean? Black women and black girls are growing up with that, and I'm, that's so powerful what you're doing. So yeah, thank you. So. Where can they find you? People follow you. Subscribe, please. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. So, I'm on Twitter. I'm a bit of a mess on Twitter. Just been ranting. It's a mixture of, like, feminism, talking about celebrity gossip, and then maybe, like, pictures of Idris Elba and Skepta. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm Ratchet. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Call me Sana yeah. on Twitter, uh -huh. on Instagram as well, but I just post selfies on them. Uh -huh. It's the same everywhere. Yeah. But, yeah, just stay tuned. Hopefully you'll see my face somewhere yeah. near. What's next for you then after uni or what, well, what's that for you? But you're oh, you're here talking. I'm at uni. Yeah. Um, doing the feminist thing with Victoria. Yeah. But I also st started my own business. Easy. Come on, speak on it. <laughs> speak on oh, it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I launched my bundles business because I'm a hairstylist. Yeah. yeah. Multifaceted dudes. Yes. Yes. That's what we definitely. Yes. We are. So, I'm a uh -huh. hairstylist. So I also do hair and I sell bundles. Uh -huh. And that's what I'm doing at the moment. And then uni in September again. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And then doing the work with Victoria. Yeah. So we out here. We're out yeah, here. Yeah, out here. Do well done. Well done. Yeah, man. And I support you on that. So well done. And thank you for being a thank super black woman. <laughs> Speaking your damn mind and being unapologetic Girl, stop. about that. They can't that. even see me doing all of this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Thank you, guys. So there you go. Go follow her. Go get your bundles and go get your feminism from this woman right now. Powerful. Amazing. Hold on. Does it not come from the black community? Really? Who said who? I've only ever heard the word ratchet being used by black people. I've heard ghetto being used by white people. Ghetto, working class, those kind of words. But the word ratchet, do you not always hear it coming from other black people like, oh, that girl, she's so ratchet, like, she's such a mess. Mm, okay. So, so is that popular culture then? 
is that because mm. we hear that from because that's an American term yeah because yeah. that's not really a British, not a British term. term so it's not really taught by we didn't really no. just as, as black British women we didn't come up with that Absolutely. word so Absolutely. it's what they show on let's say housewives yeah Atlanta yeah. all these reality shows mm-hmm. scripted reality shows mm-hmm. now and then we've unfortunately adopted that yeah. again we adopt americanisms yeah we do mm-hmm. we do so why not create our own language why do we have to then assign Absolutely. ourselves with that type of discourse which i don't know they may experience it differently than mm. we do as black british women i don't know what it's like to be a no, black absolutely. american woman but i think black british identity yeah. in the past few years has become a thing like before that nobody was really talking about it in mm-hmm. academia in everyday life because everyone was just kind of like oh i'm gambian i'm nigerian i'm jamaican whatever yeah now we're actually starting to identify like oh i'm black british yeah so i think unlike the african-americans who have this whole culture that is solidified and you know archived etc mm. we're just starting that process mm. so in my opinion i don't see the necessarily the problem in kind of borrowing some of those isms if it's going to help us build our own if that makes sense okay right okay. so if i'm like okay i'm a working class black woman here in the uk yeah i dress a certain way i talk a certain way people perceive me a certain way mm. and that aligns with the culture from somewhere else that, that that's that? their problem mm. that's their problem because if their perception do not match what your Mm-hmm. Your, your, who you are then the problem lies with them so then that's the the, the issue is or is it issue you mentioned about being unapologetic yeah yeah so therefore it's also about changing the narrative do yeah. we do you think we as black women rubbish women have the option to change the narrative and just being unapologetically us without being labeled as as ratchet ghetto loud all that do you think we really have the freedom and the space just to be unapologetically me you in reality no we don't have that freedom but i feel like you always have the full do you know what i mean so for example the starting point for me is do you see those words as bad things so do you see being ratchet being ghetto being whatever is that a bad thing if you start off asking mm, that question mm. that in turn is going to lead to everything else because i for years and years and years that was an insult to me somebody called me ratchet yeah i was like why you know getting getting there yeah i'm like yeah. what do you mean i'm getting ratchet but in time when you now start to you know look at yourself and really look at your culture and mm. i'm like okay what's so wrong with being ratchet Okay. Like, what's so wrong Only and put right. the power back exactly. in our hands and exactly. not in that right. Because exactly. you're then reclaiming it. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm ratchet and what? And then now when somebody calls you ratchet, what are you? Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ratchet and what? <laughs> what are you gonna do? Is, is, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's like back in the day when people call women like you're a slut, mm. and now you have like the amber roses of the world. Oh yeah. Doing yeah. you know slut walk where it's like okay, I'm a slut and what? Mm. You have to when you then reclaim it, you can then put your own definition. Just how you know Amber Rose changed the definition of slut to like all women who see yeah, empowerment to women empowerment now. Yeah. 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 And I think by reclaiming words like ratchet and ghetto, mm-hmm. you then become 
your own definition of motherhood. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if I can say that I'm ratchet, it's like, I'm going to be ratchet. I thought it was. Yeah. Because I can stand up and say that, yeah, I've got my door knock earrings on. Yeah. You know, on a Tuesday, I'll be rocking my 30 inch blonde yeah. wig. Yeah, yeah. I, mean? I got that too. Down draw. Bridgeton High School. Yeah. We're doing a madness. Mm. But at the same time, you're educated, get, you're okay. in, in I get invited universe. to universities to talk about black feminism, mm. to talk about theory. So those don't have to be two separate parts of my identity. They are the same person yeah. and the same sailor yeah. everywhere. Which is where I mean about unapologeticness. You shouldn't have to feel like as a black woman, you go into a certain space and you be one version of yourself. And then as soon as you leave, you're a different version. Like, mm-hmm. You don't have to be, oh, with my black friends, I'm this and that and that. Mm-hmm. I talk this way, I dress this way. Mm-hmm. And then when we're in a white institution at university, mm-hmm. I look this way, I talk this way, I read these books. Mm-hmm. In reality, those are all you. Yeah. And you should feel free to do all of those mm-hmm. in any space that you are at. And that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm rich. Mm-hmm. I'm a working class black woman. But I'm also in these universities working with young women, doing all these things that otherwise don't meet that narrative of ratchetness. Mm. And it's great, and it's you're you're touching on basically cognitive dissonance, uh-huh. and you're dealing with that issue. And so many women do with that. Do you know what I mean? Black mm-hmm. women and black mm-hmm. girls are so growing up with that, and I'm, that's so powerful what you're doing. Thank you. So yes, <laughs> thank you. So. Where can they find you? People follow you. Subscribe, please. <laughs> okay. So, I'm on Twitter. I'm a bit of a mess on Twitter. Just been ranting. It's a mixture of, like, feminism, talking about celebrity gossip, and then maybe, like, pictures of Idris Elba and Skepta. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm Ratchet. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, call me Sana yeah. on Twitter. Uh-huh. On Instagram as well, but I just post selfies on them. Uh-huh. It's the same everywhere. Yeah. But, yeah, just stay tuned. Hopefully you'll see my face somewhere yeah. near you. What's next for you then after uni? Or do, what, well, what's next for you? Because you're, oh, you're here talking. I'm at uni. Yeah. Um, doing the feminist thing with Victoria. Yeah. But I also st- started my own business. Easy. Come on, speak on it. <laughs> speak on up. it. <laughs> <laughs> so I launched my bundles business. Because I'm a hairstylist. Yeah. yeah. Multifaceted dude. Yes. Yes. That's what we definitely. Yes. We are. So, I'm a uh-huh. hairstylist. So I also do hair. And I sell bundles. Uh-huh. And that's what I'm doing at the moment. And then uni in September again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then doing the work with Victoria. Yeah. So we out here. We're out yeah, here. Yeah, out here. Do well done. Well done. Do the thing. Yeah, man. And I support you on that. So well done. And thank you for being a thank super you, black woman. <laughs> Speaking your damn mind and being unapologetic Girl, stop. They about can't that. Even see me doing <laughs> but yeah. Thank you, guys. So there you go. Go follow her. Go get your bundles and go get your feminism from this woman right now. Powerful. Amazing. Hold on. Does it not come from the black community? Really? Who said who? I've only ever heard the word ratchet being used by black people. I've heard ghetto being used by white people. Ghetto, working class, those kind of words. But the word ratchet, do you not always hear it coming from other black people like, oh, that girl, she's so ratchet, like, she's such a mess. 
Okay. So is that popular culture then? Is that because mm. we hear that from? So that's an American term. Yeah. So yeah. that's not really a, British, not a term. British term. So it's not really taught by. We didn't really no. just as, as black British women. We didn't come up with that Absolutely. word. Absolutely. So Absolutely. it's what they show on, let's say, Housewives, yeah. Atlanta, yeah. all these reality shows, mm-hmm. scripted reality shows mm-hmm. now, and then we've unfortunately adopted that yeah. again. We adopt that. Americanisms. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We do. So. Why not create our own language? Why do we have to then assign ourselves with that type of discourse? Which, I don't know, they may experience it differently than Mm. we do as black British women. I don't know what it's like to be a black American woman. but I think black British identity in the past few years has become a thing. Like before that, nobody was really talking about it in mm-hmm. academia, in everyday life. Because everyone was just kind of like, oh, I'm Gambian, I'm Nigerian, I'm Jamaican, whatever. Yeah. Now we're actually starting to identify like, oh, I'm black British. Yeah. So I think, unlike the African Americans who have this whole culture that is solidified and, you know, archived, etc., mm. we're just starting that process. Mm. So in my opinion, I don't see the necessarily the problem in kind of borrowing some of those isms if it's going to help us build our own if that makes sense okay right okay. so if i'm like okay i'm a working class black woman here in the uk yeah i dress a certain way i talk a certain way people perceive me a certain way mm. and that aligns with the culture from somewhere else that, that that's that? their problem mm. that's their problem because if their perception do not match what your Mm-hmm. Your, your, who you are then the problem lies with them so then that's the the, the issue is or is it issue you mentioned about being unapologetic yeah yeah so therefore it's also about changing the narrative do yeah. we do you think we as black women rubbish women have the option to change the narrative and just being unapologetically us without being labelled as as ratchet, ghetto, loud, all that. Do you think we really have the freedom and the space just to be unapologetically me? You. In reality, yeah. no, we don't have that freedom. But I feel like you always have the full Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, for example, the starting point for me is do you see those words as bad things? So, do you see being ratchet, being ghetto, being whatever? Is that a bad thing? If you start That's, off asking mm, that question, mm. that in turn is going to lead to everything Because I, for years and years and years, that was an insult to me. Somebody called me ratchet. Yeah. I was like, why? You know, getting there. Getting yeah. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean I'm getting ratchet? But in time, when you now start to, you know, look at yourself and really look at your culture, and mm. I'm like, okay, what's so wrong with being ratchet? Like, what's so wrong Only and put right. the power back exactly. in our hands and exactly. not in that. Right. Because exactly. you're then reclaiming it. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm ratchet and what? And then now when somebody calls you ratchet, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah, I'm ratchet and what? <laughs> what are you going to do? Is, is, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's like back in the day when people called women like, you're a slut. Mm. And now you have like the amber roses of the world. Oh, yeah. Doing, you know, slut walk where it's like, okay, I'm a slut and what? Mm. You have to, when you then reclaim it, you can then put your own definition. Just how, you know, Amber Rose changed the definition of slut to like all women who see yeah, Empowerment to a, women empowerment now. Yeah. 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 And I think by reclaiming words like ratchet and ghetto, mm-hmm. you then become 
your own definition of motherhood. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if I can say that I'm ratchet, it's like, I'm going to be ratchet. I don't know what I thought it was. Yeah. Because I can stand up and say that, yeah, i got my door knock earrings on. Yeah. You know, on a Tuesday, I'll be rocking my 30 inch blonde yeah. wig. Yeah, yeah. You know I got that too. Down draw. Bridgeton High School. Yeah. We're doing a madness. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're educated, I get, you're okay. in, in I get invited universe. to universities to talk about black feminism, mm. to talk about theory. So those don't have to be two separate parts of my identity. They are the same person yeah. and the same sailor yeah. everywhere. Which is where I mean about unapologeticness. You shouldn't even have to feel like as a black woman, you go into a certain space and you be one version of yourself. Mm. And then as soon as you leave, you're a different version. Like, mm -hmm. You don't have to be, oh, with my black friends, I'm this and that and that. Mm -hmm. I talk this way, I dress this way. Mm. And then when we're in a white institution at university, mm. I look this way, I talk this way, I read these books. Mm. In reality, those are all you. Yeah. And you should feel free to do all of those mm. in any space that you are at. And that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm actually, mm. I'm a working class black woman. But I'm also in these universities, working with young women, doing all these things that otherwise don't. Mm. Need that narrative of ratchetness. Mm. And it's great and it's you're you're touching on basically cognitive dissonance. Uh -huh. And you're dealing with that issue and so many women do with that, do you know what I mean? Black mm -hmm. women and black mm -hmm. girls so growing up with that and I'm, that's so powerful what you're doing. Thank you. So yeah <laughs> thank you. So where can they find you? People follow you, subscribe please. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. So, I'm on Twitter. I'm a bit of a mess on Twitter. Just been ranting. It's a mixture of like feminism, talking about celebrity gossip, and then maybe like pictures of Idris Elba and Skepta. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm Ratchet. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. At, call me Sana yeah. on Twitter. Uh -huh. On Instagram as well, but I just post selfies on them. Uh -huh. It's the same everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, just stay tuned. Hopefully you'll see my face somewhere yeah. near you. What's next for you then after uni? Or what, well, what's that for you? Because you're, oh, you're here talking. I'm at uni. Yeah. Um, doing the feminist thing with Victoria. Yeah. But I also st started my own business. Easy. Come on, speak on it. <laughs> speak oh, on oh. it. <laughs> so I launched my bundles business. Because I'm a hairstylist. Yeah. yeah. Multifaceted dude. Yes, yes. That's what we definitely. Yes, we are. So, I'm a hairstylist. So I also do hair. And I sell bundles. Uh -huh. And that's what I'm doing at the moment. And then uni in September again. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And then doing the work with Victoria. Yeah. So we out here. We're out yeah, here. Yeah, out here. Well done. Well done. Yeah, man. And I support you on that. So well done. And thank you for being a thank super you, black family. woman. <laughs> Speaking your damn mind and being unapologetic Girl, stop. They about can't that. Even see me doing all of this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Thank you, guys. So there you go. Go follow her. Go get your bundles and go get your feminism from this woman right now. Powerful. Amazing. Hold on. Does it not come from the black community? Really? Who said who? I've only ever heard the word ratchet being used by black people. I've heard ghetto being used by white people. Ghetto, working class, those kind of words. But the word ratchet, do you not always hear it coming from 
other black people are like, oh, that girl, she's so ratchet. Like, she's such a mess. Mm, okay. So is that public culture then? Is that because mm. we hear that from? Because that's an American term. Yeah. Because yeah. that's not really a, British, not a term. British term. So it's not really taught by. We didn't really no. just as, as black British women. We didn't come up with that Absolutely. word. Absolutely. So it's Absolutely. what they show on, let's say, Housewives, yeah. Atlanta, yeah. or these reality shows, mm-hmm. scripted reality shows mm-hmm. now, and then we've unfortunately adopted that yeah. again. We adopt Americanisms. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We do. So. Why not create our own language? Why do we have to then assign ourselves with that type of discourse? Which, I don't know, they may experience it differently than Mm. we do as black British women. I don't know what it's like to be a black American woman. but I think black British identity in the past few years has become a thing. Like before that, nobody was really talking about it in mm-hmm. academia, in everyday life. Because everyone was just kind of like, oh, I'm Gambian, I'm Nigerian, I'm Jamaican, whatever. Yeah. Now we're actually starting to identify like, oh, I'm black British. Yeah. So I think, unlike the African Americans who have this whole culture that is solidified and, you know, archived, etc., mm. we're just starting that process. Mm. So in my opinion, I don't see the necessarily the problem in kind of borrowing some of those isms okay. if it's gonna help us build our own if that makes sense. Okay. okay. Right. So if I'm like, okay, I'm a working class black woman here in the UK. Yeah. I dress a certain way, I talk a certain way, people perceive me a certain way. Mm. And that aligns with the culture from somewhere else. That, that that's true? their problem. Mm. That's their problem because if their perception do not match what your Mm-hmm. Your, your, who you are then the problem lies with them so then that's the the, the issue is or is it issue you mentioned about being unapologetic yeah yeah so therefore it's also about changing the narrative do yeah. we do you think we as black women rubbish women have the option to change the narrative and just being unapologetically us without being labelled as as ratchet, ghetto, loud, all that. Do you think we really have the freedom and the space just to be unapologetically me? You. In reality, no, we don't have that freedom. But I feel like you always have the full Do you know what I mean? So, for example, the starting point for me is do you see those words as bad things? So, do you see being ratchet, being ghetto, being whatever? Is that a bad thing? If you start That's, off asking mm, that question, mm. that in turn is going to lead to everything else. Because I, for years and years and years, that was an insult to me. Somebody called me ratchet. Yeah. I was like, why? You know, getting there. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean I'm getting ratchet? But in turn, when you now start to you know, look at yourself and really look at your culture, mm. I'm like, okay, what's so wrong with being ratchet? Like, what's so wrong Only and put right. the power back exactly. in our hands and exactly. not in that. Right. Exactly. Because you're then reclaiming it. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm ratchet and what? Okay. And then now when somebody calls you ratchet, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ratchet and what? <laughs> what are you going to do? Is, is, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's like back in the day when people called women like, you're a slut. Mm. And now you have like the amber roses of the world. Oh, yeah. Doing, you know, slut walk where it's like, okay, I'm a slut and what? Mm. You have to, when you then reclaim it, you can then put your own definition of it. Just how, you know, Amber Rose changed the definition of slut to like all women who sleep. Yeah, empowerment, to women empowerment now. Yeah. 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 And I think by reclaiming words like ratchet and ghetto, you then become 
your own definition of motherhood. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if I can say that I'm ratchet, it's like, I'm ratchet. I know what I thought it was. Yeah. Because I can stand up and say that, yeah, I got my door knock earrings on. Yeah. You know, on a Tuesday, I'll be rocking my 30 inch blonde yeah. wig. Yeah, you know yeah. I, mean? I got that to you, my drawer. Bridgeton High School. Yeah. We're doing a madness. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're educated, I get, you're educated. Okay. I get invited universe. to universities to talk about black feminism, mm. to talk about theory. So those don't have to be two separate parts of my identity. They are the same person yeah. and the same sailor yeah. everywhere. Which is where I mean about unapologeticness. You shouldn't have to feel like, as a black woman, you go into a certain space and you be one version of yourself. And then as soon as you leave, you're a different version. Like, mm-hmm. You don't have to be, oh, with my black friends, I'm this and that and that. Mm-hmm. I talk this way, I dress this way. Mm-hmm. And then when we're in a white institution at university, mm-hmm. I look this way, I talk this way, I read these books. Mm-hmm. In reality, those are all you. Yeah. And you should feel free to do all of those mm-hmm. in any space that you are at. And that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm rich. Mm-hmm. I'm a working class black woman. But I'm also in these universities working with young women, doing all these things that otherwise don't need that narrative of ratchetness. Mm. And it's great, and it's you're you're touching on basically cognitive dissonance, uh-huh. and you're dealing with that issue, and so many women do with that. Do you know what I mean? Black mm-hmm. women and black mm-hmm. girls are so growing up with that, and I'm, that's so powerful what you're doing. So yeah, <laughs> thank you. So where can they find you? People follow you. Subscribe, please. <laughs> okay. So I'm on Twitter. I'm a bit of a mess on Twitter. Just been ranting. It's a mixture of like feminism, talking about celebrity gossip, and then maybe like pictures of Idris Elba and Skepta. <laughs> like I said, I'm ratchet. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I, call me Sana yeah. on Twitter. Uh-huh on Instagram as well but I just post selfies on them uh-huh. it's the same everywhere yeah but yeah just stay tuned hopefully you'll see my face somewhere yeah. near what's next for you then after uni or do, what, well, what's that for you because you're, oh, you're here talking I'm uni, yeah I'm doing the feminist thing with Victoria yeah but I also st- start my own business Easy. come on speak on it <laughs> speak on it <laughs> so I launched my bundles business because I'm a hairstylist <laughs> yeah Multifaceted, yes, multifaceted. yes, that's what we definitely, yes, we are. So, I, uh-huh. stylist, so I also do hair, I sell bundles, uh-huh. and that's what I'm doing at the moment. And then uni in September again, uh-huh. and then doing the work with Victoria. Yeah, so we out here, we're out yeah, here. Yeah, out here, well done, well done. We're gonna do the thing. Yeah, man, and I support you on that. So, well done, and thank you for being a thank super black me. woman. <laughs> Speaking your damn mind and being unapologetic Girl, stop. They about can't that. Even see me doing <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys. So there you go. Go follow her. Go get your bundles and go get your feminism from this woman right now. Powerful, amazing. about these sociological things but totally ignore race 
ignore gender, ignore class, all these different intersections yeah. of life, yeah. and just telling you this lovely middle class white history of sociology, which just my God, question. But yeah, so that's when I was like, Victoria, you kind of need to do something else because I'm struggling. My friends are struggling. Clearly, it's not just an us problem. But she didn't tell you. While she was at university, she didn't actually pick up the phone and chat. Yeah. It wasn't until she thought, oh, there were so many times I had locked myself in the room, I didn't come out, or should I give Victoria a call, I can't bother her with this. And she went down the hill. Oh, yeah. Went down the hill. Because there's no one to talk to. No one to talk to. And so this is a real situation. And hence, we then, I said, look, let's do something. Let's do something. There's another young woman as well, Jessica, who's at Warwick. And she went down here for a whole year to draw you out. And it was we really talked at night time, 12 o'clock at night, 2 o'clock in the morning, to bring her back out. There's another woman um, who's um, there's a friend of ours, she's an accountant that works in the city, and her daughter um, went down here. And she and she said she's got just been interested this year. She went down here so badly that her mother didn't to do. I was working with her young child um, because her mother didn't know what to do. I've come across this mentor and all this stuff. I don't understand what's going on with my daughter. She's fine. All of a sudden, but what happened with her daughter was that um, she had mostly had white friends in London. She went to Streatham, Streatham Girls High School, I think. Yeah. So she went there. And she had mostly white girls. And she went to the university thinking that the white girls she hung around with will be the similar white girls that she hung around in the university. And they basically shocked And within that, it really knocked her identity. And she just couldn't understand, and it really knocked her. And her parents had to get a flat for her and just buy a flat for her up in the area. So she just had a flat on her own and tried to kind of come to terms with it. But she she's struggling still. She's not able to work. She's finished her degree. I helped her do a dissertation with I got friends to help as well. She managed to get a 2 1 from Russell Group University, which is fantastic. But she's taken a year so far just to mend herself, just to be able to get out of bed and just do one thing at a time. Now, that sounds really kind of, it may be sounding shocking, but this is what we're dealing with. The absolute horrendous experience that these young people had destabilizes them that they can't even function. She was not able to function, this young woman. Like I said, now she's taking one day at a time. She's working at her mother's consultancy firm um, just a day a week, and she can manage a day a week. Now this is a young woman who's what, 21, who came out with A-star A-levels, worked hard at school, came to university, and then messed her up. This, this is where we begin with studying whilst black. This is where we begin with that. And it's aimed at women. The difficulty I have is I don't shout about what I do. I just do it. So I need yourselves to kind of shout about it because I just say, oh, it's okay, it's just something which I do. But I realize that not many people. Hold on. Does it not come from the black community? Really? Who said who? I've only ever heard the word ratchet 
being used by black people. I've heard ghetto being used by white people. Ghetto, working class, those kind of words. But the word ratchet, do you not always hear it coming from other black people? Like, oh, that girl, she's so ratchet. Like, she's such a mess. Mm, okay. So is that public culture then? Is that because mm. we hear that from? Because that's an American term. Yeah. So yeah. that's not really a British, not a British term. term. So it's not really taught by. We didn't really no. just as, as black British women. We didn't come up with that Absolutely. word. So Absolutely. So it's what they show on, let's say, Housewives, yeah. Atlanta, yeah. all these reality shows, mm-hmm. scripted reality shows mm-hmm. now, and then we've unfortunately abducted that yeah. again. We adopt Americanisms. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We do. So. Why not create our own language? Why do we have to then assign Absolutely. ourselves with that type of discourse? Which, I don't know, they may experience it differently than mm. we do as black British women. I don't know what it's like to be a no, black absolutely. American woman. but I think black British identity yeah. in the past few years has become a thing. Like Before that, nobody was really talking about it in mm. academia, in everyday life. It was everyone who was just kind of like, oh, I'm Gambian, I'm Nigerian. I'm Jamaican, whatever. Yeah. Now we're actually starting to identify like, oh, I'm black British. Yeah. So I think, unlike the African Americans who have this whole culture that is solidified and, you know, archived, etc., we're just starting that process. Mm. So in my opinion, I don't see the necessarily the problem in kind of borrowing some of those isms if it's going to help us build our own, if that makes sense. Okay. Right, so if I'm like, okay, I'm a working class black woman here in the UK. Yeah. I dress a certain way, I talk a certain way, people perceive me a certain way, Mm. and that aligns with the culture from somewhere else. That's their problem. Mm. That's their problem, because if their perceptions do not match what you're Mm-hmm. Your, your, who you are then the problem lies with them so then that's the the, the issue is or is it issue you mentioned about being unapologetic yeah yeah so therefore it's also about changing the narrative do you yeah. do you think we as black women rubbish women have the option to change the narrative and just being unapologetically without being labelled as as ratchet ghetto loud all that do you think we really have the freedom and the space just to be unapologetically me you in reality no we don't know that freedom but I feel like you always have to force it do you know what I mean so for example the starting point for me is do you see those words as bad things so do you see being ratchet being ghetto being whatever is that a bad thing? If you start That's, off asking mm, that question, mm. that in turn is going to lead to everything else. Because I, for years and years and years, that was an insult to me. Somebody called me ratchet. Yeah. I was like, why? You know, getting getting there. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean I'm getting ratchet? But in turn, when you now start to, you know, look at yourself and really look at your culture, and mm. I'm like, okay, what's so wrong with being ratchet? Like, what's so wrong Own it and put right. the power back exactly. in our hands and exactly. not in that right. Because exactly. you're then reclaiming it. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm ratchet. I'm okay. And then now when somebody calls you ratchet, what are you? Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ratchet. I'm not. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Is, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's like back in the day when people call women like you're a slut. Mm. And now you have like the amber roses of the world oh, yeah. doing, you know, slut walk where it's like, okay, I'm a slut, I'm a slut. Mm. You have to, when you then reclaim it, you can then 
or your own definition of beauty. Just how, you know, Amber Rose changed the definition of slut to like all women who sleep around. Empowerment, to women empowerment now. Yeah. 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 And I think by reclaiming words like ratchet and ghetto, you then become your own definition of words. You know what I mean? So if I can say that I'm ratchet, it's like, oh, maybe ratchet isn't what I thought it was. Yeah. Because I can stand up and say that, yeah. I got my door knock earrings on. Yeah. You know, on a Tuesday I'll be rocking my 30 inch blonde yeah. wig. Yeah, you yeah. I got that too. Down draw. Brixton High School. Yeah. We're doing a madness. Mm. But at the same time, you're I educated. Get, you're okay. in, in I get invited to universities to talk about black feminism, mm. to talk about theory. So those don't have to be two separate parts of my identity. They are the same person yeah. and the same sailor yeah. everywhere. Which is where I feel about unapologeticness. You shouldn't have to feel like, as a black woman, you go into a certain space and you be one version of yourself. And then as soon as you leave, you're a different version. Like, mm-hmm. You don't have to be, oh, with my black friends, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. Mm-hmm. I talk this way, I dress this way. Mm-hmm. And then when we're in a white institution, at university, mm-hmm. I look this way, I talk this way, I read these books. Mm-hmm. In reality, those are all you. Yeah. And you should feel free to do all of those mm-hmm. in any space that you are. And that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm rich. Mm-hmm. I'm a working class black woman. But I'm also in these universities, working with young women, doing all these things that otherwise don't Mm. Need that narrative of mm. and it's great and it's you're you're touching on basically cognitive dissonance uh-huh. and you're dealing with that issue and so many women do with that do you know what i mean black mm-hmm. women and black mm-hmm. girls so growing up with that and I'm, that's so powerful what you're doing thank you. so yes <laughs> thank you so where can they find you people follow you subscribe please <laughs> okay mm-hmm. So, I'm on Twitter. I'm a bit of a mess on Twitter. Just been ranting. It's a mixture of like feminism, talking about celebrity gossip, and then maybe like pictures of Idris Elba and Skepta. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm Ratchet. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. At, call me Sana yeah. on Twitter, uh-huh. on Instagram as well, but I just post selfies on them. Uh-huh. It's the same everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, just stay tuned. Hopefully you'll see my face somewhere yeah. near you. What's next for you then after uni? Or do, what, well, what's next for you? Because you're, oh, you're here talking. I'm at uni. Yeah. Um, doing the feminist thing with Victoria. Yeah. But I also st- started my own business. Easy. Come on, speak on it. <laughs> speak <laughs> on <laughs> it. <laughs> so I launched my bundles business. Because I'm a hairstylist. <laughs> yeah. Multifaceted dudes. Yes. Yes. That's what we definitely. Yes. We are. So I'm a hairstylist. Uh-huh. So I also do hair. And I sell bundles. Uh-huh. And that's what I'm doing at the moment. And then uni in September again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then doing the work with Victoria. Yeah. So we out here. We're out yeah, here. Yeah, out here. Do well done. Well done. Do yeah, man. And I support you on that. So well done. And thank you for being a thank super you, black family. woman. <laughs> Speaking your damn mind and being unapologetic Girl, stop. They about can't that. Even see me doing <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Thank you guys. So there you go. Go follow her. Go get your bundles and go get your feminism from this woman right now. Powerful, amazing. Hold on. Does it not come from the black community? Really? Who said who? I've only ever heard the word ratchet being used by black people. I've heard ghetto being used by white people. Ghetto, working class, those kind of words. But the word ratchet, do you not always hear it coming from other black people? Like, oh, that girl, she's so ratchet. Like, she's such a mess. 
Mm, okay. So, so is that popular culture then? Is that because mm. we hear that from? Because that's an American term. Yeah. Because yeah. that's not really a British, not a British term. term. So it's not really taught by. We didn't really no. just as, as black British women. We didn't come up with that Absolutely. word. Absolutely. So Absolutely. it's what they show on, let's say, Housewives, yeah. Atlanta, yeah. or these reality shows, mm-hmm. scripted reality shows mm-hmm. now, and then we've unfortunately adopted that yeah. again. We adopt Americanisms. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We do. So. Why not create our own language? Why do we have to then assign Absolutely. ourselves with that type of discourse? Which, I don't know, they may experience it differently than mm. we do as black British women. I don't know what it's like to be a no, black absolutely. American woman. but I think black British identity yeah. in the past few years has become a thing. Like Before that, nobody was really talking about it in mm. academia, in everyday life. Because everyone was just kind of like, oh, I'm Gambian, I'm Nigerian. I'm Jamaican, whatever. Yeah. Now we're actually starting to identify like, oh, I'm black British. Yeah. So I think, unlike the African Americans who have this whole culture that is solidified and you know archived, etc., mm. we're just starting that process. Mm. So in my opinion, I don't see the necessarily the problem in kind of borrowing some of those isms if it's going to help us build our own, if that makes sense. Okay. Right, okay. so if I'm like, okay, I'm a working class black woman here in the UK. Yeah. I dress a certain way, I talk a certain way, people perceive me a certain way, mm. and that aligns with the culture from somewhere else. That, that's that, their problem. Mm. That's their problem, because if their perceptions do not match what your Mm-hmm. Your, your, who you are then the problem lies with them so then that's the the, the issue is or is it issue you mentioned about being unapologetic yeah yeah so therefore it's also about changing the narrative do you yeah. do you think we as black women rubbish women have the option to change the narrative and just being unapologetically us without being labelled as as ratchet, ghetto, loud, all that. Do you think we really have the freedom and the space just to be unapologetically me, you? In reality, no, we don't have that freedom. But I feel like you always have to force it. Do you know what I mean? So, for example, the starting point for me is: Do you see those words as bad things? So, do you see being ratchet, being ghetto, being whatever? Is that a bad thing? If you start That's, off asking mm, that question, mm. that in turn is going to lead to everything else. Because I, for years and years and years, that was an insult to me. Somebody called me ratchet. Yeah. I was like, why? You know, getting, getting there. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean I'm getting ratchet? But in turn, when you now start to you know look at yourself and really look at your culture, and mm. I'm like, okay, what's so wrong with being ratchet? Like, what's so wrong Own it and put right. the power back exactly. in our hands and exactly. not in that. Right. Exactly. Because you're then reclaiming it. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm ratchet and what? And then now when somebody calls you ratchet, what are you doing? Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ratchet and what? Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> Is, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's like back in the day when people call women like you're a slut. Mm. And now you have like the amber roses of the world oh, yeah. doing, yeah. you know, slut walk where it's like, okay, I'm a slut and what? Mm. You have to, when you then reclaim it, you can then put your own definition. 
just how you know Amber Rose changed the definition of slut to like all women who yeah, empowerment yeah, so to women empowerment now. Yeah. 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 And I think by reclaiming words like ratchet and ghetto, mm -hmm. you then become your own definition of work. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if I can say that I'm ratchet, it's like oh maybe ratchet isn't what I thought it was. Yeah. Because I can stand up and say that yeah I got my door knock earrings on. Yeah. You know, on a Tuesday I'll be rocking my 30 inch blonde yeah. wig. Yeah, yeah. You know I, I got mean? that too. Down draw. Brixton High School. Yeah. We're doing a madness. Mm. But at the same time, you're I educated. Get, you're okay. in, in I get invited to universities to talk about black feminism, mm. to talk about theory. So those don't have to be two separate parts of my identity. They are the same person yeah. and the same sailor yeah. everywhere. Which is where I mean about unapologeticness. You shouldn't have to feel like, as a black woman, you go into a certain space and you be one version of yourself. And then as soon as you leave, you're a different version. Like, mm -hmm. You don't have to be, oh, with my black friends, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. Mm -hmm. I talk this way, I dress this way. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm in a white institution, a university, mm -hmm. I look this way, I talk this way, I read Books. In reality, those are all you. Yeah, and you should feel free to do all of those mm. in any space that you are, and that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm actually, mm. I'm a working class black woman, but I'm also in these universities working with young women, doing all these things that otherwise don't. Mm. Need that narrative of ratchetness. Mm. And it's great, and it's you're you're touching on basically cognitive dissonance, uh -huh. and you're dealing with that issue. And so many women do with that. Do you know what I mean? Black mm -hmm. women and black mm -hmm. girls are so growing up with that, and I'm, that's so powerful what you're doing. Thank you. So yeah, <laughs> thank you. So where can they find you? People follow you. Subscribe, please. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. So, I'm on Twitter. I'm a bit of a mess on Twitter. Just been ranting. It's a mixture of like feminism, talking about celebrity gossip, and then maybe like pictures of Idris Elba and Skepta. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm Ratchet. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. call me Sana yeah. on Twitter, uh -huh. on Instagram as well, but I just post selfies on them. Uh -huh. It's the same everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, just stay tuned. Hopefully you'll see my face somewhere yeah. near. What's next for you then after uni or what, well, what's that for you? Because you're oh, you're here talking. I'm at uni. Yeah. Um, doing the feminist thing with Victoria. Yeah. But I also st started my own business. Easy. Come on, speak on it. <laughs> speak <laughs> on <laughs> it. <laughs> so I launched my bundles business because I'm a hairstylist. Yeah. yeah. Multifaceted. Boobs. Yes. Multifaceted yes. Boobs. That's what we definitely. Yes. We are. So I'm a hairstylist. Uh -huh. So I also do hair and I sell bundles. Uh -huh. And that's what I'm doing at the moment. And then uni in September again. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And then doing the work with Victoria. Yeah. So we out here. We're out yeah, here. Yeah, out here. Well done. Well done. Do the thing. Yeah, man. And I support you on that. So well done. I'm banking being a Thank super you, black woman. <laughs> Speaking your damn mind and being unapologetic Girl, stop. They about can't that. Even see me doing all this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Thank you guys. So there you go. Go follow her. Go get your bundles and go get your feminism from this woman right now. Powerful. Amazing. Outside of you need to make sure that you actually get a job once you leave, otherwise you're drowning in debt. So 
my experience was, and then even in the Taos room, you get there and people are just, I don't want to swear, but they're just chatting rubbish. Like, people are talking about these sociological things, but totally ignore race, ignore gender, ignore class, all these different intersections of life, yeah. and just telling you this lovely middle class white history of sociology, which just. My God, question. But yeah, so that's when I was like, Victoria, we kind of need to do something about this. Because I'm struggling, my friends are struggling. Clearly, it's not just an us problem. But she didn't tell you that while she was at university, she didn't actually pick up the phone and chat to you. Yeah. It wasn't until she got on. There were so many times I, I locked myself in the room. I didn't come out and thought, oh, should I give Victoria a call? I can't bother her with this. And she went down the hill. Oh, yeah. Went down the hill. to kind of shout about it. 
because I just say, oh, it's okay, it's just something which I do. But I realize that not many people don't care that you're struggling. Like, they point blank don't care. They don't want to meet you to talk about it. And when you do meet them, they're like, oh, have you ever considered that you might not be for you? Me? Say no. You need not for me. Imagine. But yeah, so they'll tell you either you stick up with it or you leave, point blank. And then on top of that, you have to do all your stuff outside of uni to make sure that you actually get a job once you leave, otherwise you're drowning in debt. So my experience was, and then even in the classroom, you get there and people are just, I don't want to swear, but they're just chatting rubbish. Like people are talking about these sociological things, but totally ignore race, ignore gender, ignore class, all these different intersections of life. Yeah. And just telling you this lovely middle class white History of sociology, which just my god, this frustration, but yeah, so that's when I was like, Victoria, you kind of need to do something about this because I'm struggling, my friends are struggling. Clearly, it's not just an us problem, but she didn't tell you that while she was at university, she didn't actually pick up the phone and chat. Yeah, it wasn't until she said, Oh, there were so many times I had locked myself in. Consultancy firm um, just a day. 
and she could manage a day a week. Now this is a young woman who's what, 21, who came out with A star A levels, worked hard at school, came to university and then messed her up. This, this is where we begin with studying whilst black. This is where we begin with that. And it's aimed at women. The difficulty I have is I don't shout about what I do. I just do it. So I need yourselves to kind of shout about it because I just say, oh, it's okay, it's just something which I do. But I realize that not many people don't care that you're struggling. Like they totally blank don't care. They don't want to meet you to talk about it. And when you do meet them, they're like,
just to be able to get out of bed and just do one thing at a time. Now that sounds really kind of, it may be sounding shocking, but this is what we're dealing with. The absolute horrendous experience that these young people have had destabilizes them, that they can't even function. She was not able to function, this young woman. Like I said, now she's taking one day at a time. She's working at her mother's consultancy for um, just a day a week, and she can manage a day a week. Now this is a young woman who's what, 21, who came out with A-star A-levels, worked hard at school, came to university, and then messed her up. This, this is where we begin with studying whilst black. This is where we begin with that. And it's aimed at women. The difficulty I have is I don't shout about what I do. I just do it. So I need yourselves to kind of shout about it because I just say, oh, it's okay, it's just something which I do. But I realize that not many people don't care that you're struggling. Like they point blank don't care. They don't want to meet you to talk about it. And when you do meet them, they're like, oh, have you ever considered that they might not be for you? Me? Say no. You need not for me. Imagine. But yeah, so they'll tell you either you stick up with it or you leave, point blank. And then on top of that, you have to do all your stuff outside of you to make sure that you actually get a job once you leave, otherwise you're drowning in debt. So my experience was, and then even in the classroom, you get there and people are just, I don't want to swear, but they're just chatting rubbish. Like, people are talking about these sociological things, but totally ignore race, ignore gender, ignore class, all these different intersections yeah. of life, yeah. and just telling you this lovely middle-class white history of sociology, which just... My question. But yeah, so that's when I was like, Victoria, we kind of need to do something about this. Because I'm struggling, my friends are struggling, clearly it's not just an us problem. But she didn't tell you. While she was at university, we didn't actually pick up the phone and chat. Yeah. It wasn't until she said, oh, there were so many times I, I locked myself in the room, I didn't come out, but oh, should I give Victoria a call? I can't bother her with this. And she went down the hill. Oh, yeah. Went down the hill. Because there was no one to talk to. No one to talk to. And so this is a real situation. And hence, we then, I said, look, let's do something. Let's do something. There's another young woman as well, Jessica, who's at Warwick. She went downhill for a whole year, for a whole year out. And it was going to be me talking at night time, 12 o'clock at night, 2 o'clock in the morning, to bring her back out. There's another woman um, who's, um, there's a friend of mine, she's an accountant that works in the city, and her daughter um, went downhill. And she, and she's, she's what, just been to university this year. She went downhill so badly that her mother didn't know what to do. I was working with her young child um, because her mother didn't know what to do. And they come across this mentally and this stuff. I don't understand what's going on with my daughter. She's fine. All of a sudden, but what happened with her daughter was that um, she had mostly had white friends in London. She went to Streatham, Streatham Girls High School, I think. Yeah. So she went there. And she had mostly white girls. And she went to the university thinking that the white girls she hung around with will be the similar white girls that she hang around in the university. And they basically shot. And within that, it 
really knocked her identity. And she just couldn't understand, and it really knocked her. And her parents had to get a flat for her and just buy a flat for her up in the area. So she just had a flat on her own and tried to kind of come to terms with it. But she, she's struggling still. She's not able to work. She's finished her degree. I helped her do a dissertation and everything else. I got friends to help as well. She managed to get a 2-1 from Russell Group University, which oh is God. fantastic. Yeah. But she's taken a year so far just to mend herself, just to be able to get out of bed and just do one thing at a time. Now that sounds really kind of, it may be sounding shocking, but this is what we're dealing with. The absolute horrendous experience that these young people had destabilizes them, that they can't even function. She was not able to function, this young woman. Like I said, now she's taking one day at a time. She's working at her mother's consultancy firm um, just a day a week, and she can manage a day a week. Now this is a young woman who's what, 21, who came out with A-star A-levels, worked hard at school, came to university, and then messed her up. This, this is where we begin with studying whilst black. This is where we begin with that. And it's aimed at women. The difficulty I have is I don't shout about what I do. I just do it. So I need yourselves to kind of shout about it because I just say, oh, it's okay, it's just something which I do. But I realize that not many people don't care that you're struggling. Like they point blank don't care. They don't want to meet you to talk about it. And when you do meet them, they're like, I was working with her young child um, because I wanted to know what she 
consistently with this stuff. I don't understand what's going on with my daughter. She's fine. All of a sudden, but what happened with her daughter was that um, she had mostly had white friends in London. She went to Streatham, Streatham Girls High School, I think. Yeah, so she went there. And she had mostly white girls. And she went to the university thinking that the white girls she hung around with would be the similar white girls who she hung around with in the university. And they basically shocked. And within that, it really knocked her identity. And she just couldn't understand, and it really knocked her. And her parents had to get a flat for her and just buy a flat for her up in the area. So she just had a flat on her own and tried to kind of come to terms with it. But she, she's struggling still. She's not able to work. She's finished her degree. I helped her do a dissertation and everything else. I got friends to help as well. She managed to get a 2-1 from Russell Group University, which is fantastic. But she's taken a year so far just to mend herself, just to be able to get out of bed and just do one thing at a time. Now that sounds really kind of, it may be sounding shocking, but this is what we're dealing with. The absolute horrendous experience that these young people had destabilizes them, that they can't even function. She was not able to function, this young woman. Like I said, now she's taking one day at a time. She's working at her mother's consultancy firm um, just a day a week she can manage a day a week. Now this is a young woman who's what, 21, who came out with A star A levels, worked hard at school, came to university and then messed her up. This, this is where we begin with studying whilst black. This is where we begin with that. And it's aimed at women. The difficulty I have is I don't shout about what I do. I just do it. So I need yourselves to kind of shout about it because I just say, oh, it's okay, it's just something which I do. But I realise that not many people... Does it not come from the black community? Really? Who said who? I've only ever heard the word ratchet being used by black people. I've heard ghetto being used by white people. Ghetto, working class, those kind of words. But the word ratchet, do you not always hear it coming from other black people like oh that girl she's so ratchet like she's such a mess mm, okay so is that public culture then is that because mm. we hear that from so that's an american term yeah because yeah. that's not really a british, not a british term. term so it's not really taught by we didn't really no. just as, as black british women we didn't come up with that Absolutely. word so Absolutely. it's what they show on let's say housewives yeah atlanta yeah. or these reality shows mm -hmm. scripted reality shows mm -hmm. now and then we've unfortunately adopted that yeah. again we adopt americanisms that. yeah we do mm -hmm. we do so why not create our own language why do we have to then assign Absolutely. ourselves with that type of discourse which i don't know they may experience it differently than mm. we do as black british women i don't know what it's like to be a no, black absolutely. american woman but i think black british identity yeah. in the past few years has become a thing like before that nobody was really talking about it in academia in everyday life it was everyone who was just kind of like oh i'm gambian i'm nigerian i'm jamaican whatever yeah now we're actually starting to identify like oh i'm black british yeah so i think unlike the african americans who have this whole culture that is solidified and you know archived etc mm. we're just starting that process mm. so in my opinion i don't 
see the necessarily the problem in kind of borrowing some of those isms if it's going to help us build our own if that makes sense okay, okay. right so if i'm like okay i'm a working class black woman here in the uk yeah i dress a certain way i talk a certain way people perceive me a certain way mm. And that aligns with the culture from somewhere else. That, that that's actually? their problem. Mm. That's their problem because if their perception does not match what your mm-hmm. your who you are, then the problem lies with them. Mm. So then that's the, the the issue is, or is it issue? You mentioned about being unapologetic. Yeah. Yeah. So therefore, it's also about changing the narrative. Do yeah. we? Do you think we as black women? Rubbish women have the option to change the narrative and just being unapologetically us without being labelled as as ratchet, ghetto, loud, all that. Do you think we really have the freedom and the space just to be unapologetically me? You. In reality, no, we don't have that freedom. But I feel like you almost have to force it. Do you know what I mean? So, for example, the starting point for me is do you see those words as bad things? So, do you see being ratchet, being ghetto, being whatever, is that a bad thing? If you start off asking mm, that question, mm. that in turn is going to lead to everything else. Because I, for years and years and years, that was an insult to me. Somebody called me ratchet. Yeah. I was like, why? You know, getting, getting laid. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean I'm getting ratchet? But in turn, when you now start to you know, look at yourself and really look at your culture, and mm. I'm like, okay, what's so wrong with being ratchet? Okay. Like, what's so wrong with Only and put right. the power back exactly. in our hands and exactly. not in that. Right. Because exactly. you're then reclaiming it. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm ratchet and what? And then now when somebody calls you ratchet, what are you doing? Like, okay. yeah. yeah, I'm ratchet and what? <laughs> what are you going to do? That's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's like back in the day when people called women like you're a slut. Mm. And now you have like the amber roses of the world oh, yeah. doing, you know, slut walk where it's like, okay, I'm a slut and what? Mm. You have to, when you then reclaim it, you can then put your own definition. Just how, you know, Amber Rose changed the definition of slut to like all women who sleep. Yeah, empowerment to women empowerment now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think by reclaiming words like ratchet and ghetto, you then become your own definition of that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if I can say that I'm ratchet, it's like, oh, maybe ratchet is what I thought it was. Yeah. Because I can stand up and say that, yeah, I got my door knock earrings on. Yeah. You know, on a Tuesday, I'll be rocking my 30 inch blonde wig. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know yeah. I, mean? I got that to you, my drawer. Down Bridgeton High School. Yeah. We're doing a madness. Mm. But at the same time, you're educated, get, you're educated. Okay. I get invited universe. to universities to talk about black feminism, mm. to talk about theory. So, those don't have to be two separate parts of my identity. They are the same person. Yeah. I'm the same sailor yeah. everywhere. Which is where I mean about unapologeticness. You shouldn't have to feel like, as a black woman, you go into a certain space and you be one version of yourself. And then as soon as you leave, you're a different version. Like, mm-hmm. You don't have to be, oh, with my black friends, I'm this and that and that. Mm-hmm. I talk this way, I dress this way. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm in a white institution at university, mm-hmm. I look this way, I talk this way, I read Mm. In reality, those are all you. Yeah, and you should feel free to do all of those mm. in any space that you are, and that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm actually, mm. I'm a working class black woman, but I'm also in these universities working with young women, doing all these things that otherwise don't 
need that narrative of ratchetness. Mm. And it's great, and it's you're you're touching on basically cognitive dissonance, uh-huh. and you're dealing with that issue. And so many women do with that. Do you know what I mean? Black women and black girls. So growing up with that, and I'm, that's so powerful what you're doing. Thank you. So yes, <laughs> thank you. So where can they find you? People follow you. Subscribe, please. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So, I'm on Twitter. I'm a bit of a mess on Twitter. Just been ranting. It's a mixture of like feminism, talking about celebrity gossip, and then maybe like pictures of Idris Elba and Skepta. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm Ratchet. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. At, call me Sana yeah. on Twitter. Uh-huh. On Instagram as well, but I just post selfies on them. Uh-huh. It's the same everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, just stay tuned. Hopefully you'll see my face somewhere yeah. near. What's next for you then after uni or ju- what, well, what's next for you? Because you're oh, you're here talking. I'm at uni, yeah. Um, doing the feminist thing with Victoria. Yeah. But I also st- started my own business. Easy. Come on, speak on it. <laughs> speak oh, on oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> so I launched my bundles business because I'm a hairstylist. Yeah. yeah. Multifaceted. Yes. Yes. That's what we definitely. Yes. We are. So, I'm a hairstylist, so I also do hair and I sell bundles, uh-huh. and that's what I'm doing at the moment. And then uni in September again, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then doing the work with Victoria. Yeah. So we out here. Well. Yeah, out here. Do well, done. well done. Well done. Do the thing. Yeah, man. And I support you on that. So well done. I'm banking being a Thank super you, black woman. <laughs> Speaking your damn mind and being unapologetic Girl, stop. They about can't that. Even see me doing <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys. So there you go. Go follow her. Go get your bundles and go get your feminism from this woman right now. Powerful, amazing. Hold on. Does it not come from the black community? Really? Who said who? I've only ever heard the word ratchet being used by black people. I've heard ghetto being used by white people. Ghetto, working class, those kind of words. But the word ratchet, do you not always hear it coming from other black people like, oh, that girl, she's so ratchet. Like, she's such a mess. Mm, okay. So is that popular culture then? Is that because mm. we hear that from... Because that's an American term. Yeah. Because yeah. that's not really a, British, not a term. British term. So it's not really taught by... We didn't really no. just... As, as black British women, we didn't come up with that Absolutely. word. So Absolutely. it's what they show on, let's say, Housewives, yeah. Atlanta, yeah. all these reality shows, mm-hmm. scripted reality shows mm-hmm. now. And then we've unfortunately adopted that. Yeah. Again, we we've adopted Americanisms. That. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We do. So... Why not create our own language? Why do we have to then assign ourselves with that type of discourse? Which, I don't know, they may experience it differently than Mm. we do as black British women. I don't know what it's like to be a black American woman. but I think black British identity in the past few years has become a thing. Like before that, nobody was really talking about it in mm-hmm. academia, in everyday life. It was everyone who was just kind of like, oh, I'm Gambian, I'm Nigerian, I'm Jamaican, whatever. Yeah. Now we're actually starting to identify like, oh, I'm Black British. Yeah. So I think, unlike the African Americans who have this whole culture that is solidified and you know archived, etc., mm. we're just starting that process. Mm. So in my opinion, I don't see the necessarily the problem in kind of borrowing some of those isms okay. if it's going to help us build our own if that makes sense okay. okay right so if i'm like okay i'm a working class black woman here in the uk 
Yeah. I dress a certain way, I talk a certain way, people perceive me a certain way, mm. and that aligns with the culture from somewhere else. That, that that's actually? their problem. Mm. That's their problem, because if their perception does not match what your Mm-hmm. Your, your, who you are then the problem lies with them mm. so then that's the, the the issue is or is it issue you mentioned about being unapologetic yeah yeah so therefore it's also about changing the narrative do yeah. we do you think we as black women rubbish women have the option to change the narrative and just being unapologetically us without being labeled as as ratchet ghetto loud all that do you think we really have the freedom and the space just to be unapologetically me you in reality no we don't have that freedom but i feel like you always have to force it you know what i mean so for example the starting point for me is do you see those words as bad things so do you see being ratchet being ghetto being whatever is that a bad thing if you start off asking mm, that question mm. that in turn is going to lead to everything else because i for years and years and years that was an insult to me somebody called me ratchet yeah i was like why you know getting getting yeah i'm like yeah. what do you mean i'm getting ratchet but in turn when you now start to you know look at yourself and really look at your culture and mm. i'm like Okay, what's so wrong with being ratchet? Okay. Like, what's so wrong with Only being ratchet? Only and put the power right. back exactly. in our hands and exactly. not in that. Right. Exactly. You're then reclaiming it. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm ratchet and what? And then now when somebody calls you ratchet, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ratchet and what? <laughs> what are you going to do? It's, it, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's like back in the day when people called women like, you're a slut. Mm. And now you have like the amber roses of the world. Oh, yeah. Doing, you know, slut walk where it's like, okay, I'm a slut and what? Mm. You have to when you then reclaim it, you can then put your own definition. Just how you know Amber Rose changed the definition of slut to like all women who sleep. Yeah, empowerment to women empowerment now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think by reclaiming words like ratchet and ghetto, you then become your own definition of that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if I can say that I'm ratchet, it's like, I'm going to be ratchet. I don't know what I thought it was. Yeah. Because I can stand up and say that, yeah, i got my door knock earrings on. Yeah. You know, on a Tuesday, I'll be rocking my 30 inch blonde yeah. wig. Yeah, you know yeah. I'll mean? got that to you, my drawer. Down Bridgeton High School. Yeah. We're doing a madness. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're educated, get, you're educated. Okay. I get invited universe. to universities to talk about black feminism, mm-hmm. to talk about theory. So, those don't have to be two separate parts of my identity. They are the same person. I'm yeah. the same sailor yeah. everywhere. Which is where I feel about unapologeticness. You shouldn't have to feel like, as a black woman, you go into a certain space and you be one version of yourself. And then as soon as you leave, you're a different version. Like, mm-hmm. You don't have to be, oh, with my black friends, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. Mm-hmm. I talk this way, I dress this way. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm in a white institution at university, mm-hmm. I look this way, I talk this way, I read these. Mm. In reality, those are all you. Yeah, and you should feel free to do all of those mm. in any space that you are, and that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm actually, mm. I'm a working class black woman, but I'm also in these universities working with young women, doing all these things that otherwise don't mm. meet that narrative of ratchetness. Mm. And it's great, and it's you're you're touching on basically cognitive dissonance uh-huh. and you're dealing with that issue and so many women do with that do you know what I mean black mm-hmm. women and black mm-hmm. girls so growing up with that and I'm 
that's so powerful what you're doing. Thank you. So, yes, <laughs> thank you. So, where can they find you? People follow you. Subscribe, please. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm on Twitter. I'm a bit of a mess on Twitter. Just been ranting. It's a mixture of like feminism, talking about celebrity gossip, and then maybe like pictures of Idris Elba and Skepton. <laughs> like I said, I'm ratchet. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Call me Sana yeah. on Twitter, uh -huh. on Instagram as well, but I just post selfies on them. Uh -huh. It's the same everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, just stay tuned. Hopefully you'll see my face somewhere yeah. near you. What's next for you then after uni or what, well, what's that for you? But you're, oh, you're here talking. I'm at uni, yeah. um, doing the feminist thing with Victoria. Yeah. But I also st started my own business. Easy. Come on, speak on it. <laughs> speak oh, on oh. it. <laughs> so I launched my bundles business because I'm a hairstylist. Yeah. yeah. Multifaceted boobs. Yes, yes, that's what we definitely, yes, we are. So, I'm a hairstylist, so I also do hair and I sell bundles. Uh -huh. And that's what I'm doing at the moment. And then uni in September again. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And then doing the work with Victoria. Yeah. So we out here. We're out yeah, here. Yeah, out here. Do well done. Well done. Yeah, man. And I support you on that. So, well done. I'm banking for being a Thank super you, black woman. <laughs> Speaking your damn mind and being unapologetic Girl, stop. They about that. see me doing all <laughs> but yeah thank you guys so there you go go follow her go get your bundles and go get your feminism from this woman right now powerful amazing Hold on. does it not come from the black community really you said who i've only ever heard the word ratchet being used by black people i've heard ghetto being used by white people ghetto working class those kind of words but the word ratchet, do you not always hear it coming from other black people like, oh, that girl, she's so ratchet, like, she's such a mess. Mm, okay. So, so is that popular culture then? Is that, because mm. we hear that from, because that's an American term. Yeah. So yeah. that's not really a British, not a British term. term. So it's not really taught by, we didn't really no. just, as, as black British women, we didn't come up with that Absolutely. word. So Absolutely. So it's what they show on, let's say, Housewives, yeah. Atlanta, yeah. all these reality show mm -hmm. scripted reality shows mm -hmm. now and then we've unfortunately adopted that yeah. again we adopt americanisms yeah we do mm -hmm. we do so why not create our own language why do we have to then assign Absolutely. ourselves with that type of discourse which i don't know they may experience it differently than mm. we do as black british women i don't know what it's like to be a no, black absolutely. american woman but i think Black British identity yeah. in the past few years has become a thing. Like before that, nobody was really talking about it in mm -hmm. academia, in everyday life. It was everyone was just kind of like, oh, I'm Gambian, I'm Nigerian, I'm Jamaican, whatever. Yeah. Now we're actually starting to identify like, oh, I'm Black British. Yeah. So I think, unlike the African Americans who have this whole culture that is solidified and you know archived, etc. We're just starting that process. Mm. So, in my opinion, I don't see the necessarily the problem in kind of borrowing some of those isms okay. if it's going to help us build our own, if that makes sense. Okay. Right. Okay. So, if I'm like, okay, I'm a working class black woman here in the UK. Yeah. I dress a certain way, I talk a certain way, people perceive me a certain way. Mm. And that aligns with the culture from somewhere else. That, that's that? their problem. Mm. That's their problem because if their perceptions do not match what your mm -hmm. your you, who you are, then the problem lies with them. Mm. So then that's the, the the issue is 
or is it issue? You mentioning about being unapologetic. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, it's also about changing the narrative. Do yeah. we? Do you think we, as black women, rubbish women, have the option to change the narrative and just being unapologetically us without being labelled as as ratchet, ghetto? loud all that do you think we really have the freedom and the space just to be unapologetically me you in reality yeah. no we don't know that freedom but i feel like you always have to force it do you know what i mean mm-hmm. so for example the starting point for me is do you see those words as bad things so do you see being ratchet being ghetto being whatever is that a bad thing if you start off asking mm, that question mm. that in turn is going to lead to everything because i for years and years and years that was an insult to me somebody called me ratchet yeah. and i was like why you know getting getting laid yeah i'm like yeah. what do you mean i'm getting ratchet but in turn when you now start to you know look at yourself and really look at your culture and mm. i'm like okay what's so wrong with being ratchet like, what's so wrong Own it and put right. the power back exactly. in our hands and exactly. not in that right. Exactly. You're then reclaiming it. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm ratchet and what? Okay. And then now when somebody calls you ratchet, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm ratchet and what? <laughs> what are you going to do? Is, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's like back in the day when people call women like you're a slut. Mm. And now you have like the amber roses of the world oh, yeah. doing, yeah. you know, slut walk where it's like, okay, I'm a slut and what? Mm. You have to, when you then reclaim it, you can then put your own definition of it. Just how, you know, Amber Rose changed the definition of slut to like all women who sleep. Yeah, empowerment, to women empowerment now. Yeah. And yeah. 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 And I think by reclaiming words like ratchet and ghetto, you then become your own definition of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if I can say that I'm ratchet, it's like, I'll give you ratchet. I know what I thought it was. Yeah. Because I can stand up and say that, yeah. I got my door knock earrings on. Yeah. You know, on a Tuesday I'll be rocking my 30 inch blonde wig. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know I, mean? I got that too. Down Bridgeton High School. Yeah. We're doing a madness. Yeah. But at the same time, you're educated. Get, you're educated. Okay. I get invited universe. to universities to talk about black feminism, mm. to talk about theory. So those don't have to be two separate parts of my identity. They are the same person. Yeah. I'm the same sailor yeah. everywhere. Which is where I mean about unapologeticness. You shouldn't have to feel like, as a black woman, you go into a certain space and you be one version of yourself. And then as soon as you leave, you're a different version. Like, mm-hmm. You don't have to be, oh, with my black friends, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. Mm-hmm. I talk this way, I dress this way. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm in a white institution at university, mm-hmm. I look this way, I talk this way, I read these books. In reality, those are all you. Yeah. And you should feel free to do all of those mm. in any space that you are And that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm actually mm. I'm a working class black woman. But I'm also in these universities working with young women, doing all these things that otherwise don't Mm. need that narrative of ratchetness. Mm. And it's great and it's you're you're touching on basically cognitive dissonance uh-huh. and you're dealing with that issue and so many women do with that, do you know what I mean? Black mm-hmm. women and black mm-hmm. girls so growing up with that and I'm, that's so powerful what you're doing. Thank you. So yeah <laughs> thank you. So where can they find you people follow you subscribe please <laughs> okay mm-hmm. So, I'm on Twitter. I'm a bit of a mess on Twitter. Just been ranting. It's a mixture of like feminism, talking about celebrity gossip, and then maybe like pictures of Idris Elba and Skepta. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm Ratchet. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. At 
Call Me Sana yeah. on Twitter, uh-huh. on Instagram as well, but I just post selfies on them. Uh-huh. It's the same everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, just stay tuned. Hopefully you'll see my face somewhere yeah. near you. What's next for you then after uni? Or ju- what, well, what's there for you? Because you're, oh, you're here talking. I'm at uni. Yeah. Um, doing the feminist thing with Victoria. Yeah. But I also st- started my own business. Easy. Come on, speak on it. <laughs> speak oh, on oh. it. <laughs> so I launched my bundles business. Because I'm a hairstylist. Yeah. yeah. Multifaceted. Yes. Multifaceted. Yes. That's what we definitely. Yes, we are. So I'm a hairstylist. Uh-huh. So I also do hair. And I sell bundles. Uh-huh. And that's what I'm doing at the moment. And then uni in September again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then doing the work with Victoria. Yeah. So we out here. Well. Yeah. Out here, do well done, well done. Yeah, man, and no, I support you on that. So, well done, and thank you for being a thank super black woman. <laughs> Speaking your damn mind and being unapologetic Girl, stop. They about can't that. Even see me doing all of <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys. So there you go. Go follow her. Go get your bundles and go get your feminism from this woman right now. Powerful, amazing. Hold on. Does it not come from the black community? Really? Who said who? I've only ever heard the word ratchet being used by black people. I've heard ghetto being used by white people. Ghetto, working class, those kind of words. But the word ratchet, do you not always hear it coming from other black people? Like, oh, that girl, she's so ratchet. Like, she's such a mess. Mm, okay. So is that public culture then? Is that because mm. we hear that from? Because that's an American term. Yeah. Because yeah. that's not really a British, not a British term. term. So it's not really taught by. We didn't really no. just as, as black British women. We didn't come up with that Absolutely. word. So Absolutely. So it's what they show on, let's say, Housewives, yeah. Atlanta, yeah. all these reality shows, mm-hmm. scripted reality shows mm-hmm. now, and then we've unfortunately adopted that yeah. again. We adopt Americanisms. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We do. So. Why not create our own language? Why do we have to then assign Absolutely. ourselves with that type of discourse? Which, I don't know, they may experience it differently than mm. we do as black British women. I don't know what it's like to be a no, black absolutely. American woman. but I think black British identity yeah. in the past few years has become a thing. Like before that, nobody was really talking about it in academia, in everyday life. It was everyone who was just kind of like, oh, I'm Gambian, I'm Nigerian, I'm Jamaican, whatever. Yeah. Now we're actually starting to identify like, oh, I'm black British. Yeah. So I think, unlike the African Americans who have this whole culture that is solidified and, you know, archived, etc., mm. we're just starting that process. Mm. So in my opinion, I don't see the necessarily the problem in kind of borrowing some of those isms okay. if it's going to help us build our own if that makes sense okay. okay right so if i'm like okay i'm a working class black woman here in the uk yeah i dress a certain way i talk a certain way people perceive me a certain way mm. and that aligns with the culture from somewhere else that, that that's their problem mm. that's their problem because if their perceptions do not match what your Mm-hmm. Your, you, who you are, then the problem lies with them. So then that's the, the, the issue is, or is it issue? You mentioned about being unapologetic. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, it's also about changing the narrative. Do, yeah. we, do you think we, as black women, rubbish women, have the option to change the narrative? And just being unapologetically us without being labeled as as ratchet ghetto 
loud or that you think you really have the freedom and the space just to be unapologetically me. You. In reality, yeah. no, we don't know that freedom. But I feel like you always have to force it. Do you know what I mean? So, for example, the starting point for me is do you see those words as bad things? So, do you see being ratchet, being ghetto, being whatever? Is that a bad thing? If you start That's, off asking mm, that question, mm. that in turn is going to lead to everything else. Because I, for years and years and years, that was an insult to me. Somebody called me ratchet. Yeah. And I was like, why? You know, getting, getting laid with yeah. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean I'm getting ratchet? But in turn, when you now start to you know, look at yourself and really look at your culture, and mm. I'm like, okay, what's so wrong with being ratchet? Like, what's so wrong Only with and put right. the power back exactly. in our hands and exactly. that in that right. Exactly. You're then reclaiming it. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm ratchet and what? Okay. And then now when somebody calls you ratchet, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm ratchet and what? <laughs> what are you going to do? That's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's like back in the day when people called women like, you're a slut. Mm. And now you have like the amber roses of the world oh, yeah. doing, you know, slut walk where it's like, okay, I'm a slut and what? Mm. You have to, when you then reclaim it, you can then put your own definition of it. Just how, you know, Amber Rose changed the definition of slut to like all women who see yeah, empowerment, two women empowerment now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think by reclaiming words like ratchet and ghetto, you then become your own definition of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if I can say that I'm ratchet, it's like, I'm oh, going to be ratchet. I don't know what I thought it was. Yeah. Because I can stand up and say that, yeah. I got my door knock earrings on. Yeah. You know, on a Tuesday I'll be rocking my 30 inch blonde yeah. wig. Yeah, yeah. I, mean? I got that too. Down Bridgeton High School. Yeah. We're doing a madness. Yeah. But at the same time, you're educated. Get, you're educated. Okay. I get invited universe. to universities to talk about black feminism, mm. to talk about theory. So those don't have to be two separate parts of my identity. They are the same person yeah. and the same sailor yeah. everywhere, which is where I mean about unapologeticness. You shouldn't have to feel like, as a black woman, you go into a certain space and you be one version of yourself. And then as soon as you leave, you're a different version. Like, mm-hmm. You don't have to be, oh, with my black friends, I'm this and that and that. Mm-hmm. I talk this way, I dress this way. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm in a white institution at university, mm-hmm. I look this way, I talk this way, I read these books. Mm-hmm. In reality, those are all you. Yeah. And you should feel free to do all of those mm. in any space that you are. And that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm rich. Mm. I'm a working class black woman. But I'm also in these universities working with young women, doing all these things that otherwise don't. Mm. Need that narrative of ratchetness. Mm. And it's great, and it's you're you're touching on basically cognitive dissonance, uh-huh. and you're dealing with that issue. And so many women do with that. Do you know what I mean? Black mm-hmm. women and black mm-hmm. girls. So growing up with that, and I'm, that's so powerful what you're doing. Thank you. So yeah, <laughs> thank you. So where can they find you? People follow you. Subscribe, please. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So, I'm on Twitter. I'm a bit of a mess on Twitter. Just been ranting. It's a mixture of like feminism, talking about celebrity gossip, and then maybe like pictures of Idris Elba and Skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm Ratchet. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I, call me Sana yeah. on Twitter. Uh-huh. On Instagram as well, but I just post selfies on them. Uh-huh. It's the same everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, just stay tuned. Hopefully you'll see my face somewhere yeah. near you. What's next for you then after uni or ju- what, well, what's next for you? Because you're, oh, you're here talking. I'm at uni. 
Yeah. Um, doing the feminist thing with Victoria. Yeah. But I also st started my own business. Easy. Come on, speak on it. <laughs> speak uh -huh. on it. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I launched my bundles business because I'm a hairstylist. <laughs> yeah. Multifaceted. Yes. Yes. That's what we definitely. Yes. We are. So I'm a hairstylist. Uh -huh. So I also do hair and I sell bundles. Uh -huh. And that's what I'm doing at the moment. And then uni in September again. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And then doing the work with Victoria. Yeah. So we out here. We're out yeah, here. Yeah, out here. Well done. Well done. Yeah, man. And I support you on that. So well done. I'm thanking you for being a Thank super black me. woman. <laughs> Speaking your damn mind and being unapologetic Girl, stop. They about can't that. They can't even see me doing all of this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Thank you guys. So there you go. Go follow her. Go get your bundles and go get your feminism from this woman right now. Powerful. Amazing. Hold on. Does it not come from the black community? Really? Who said who? I've only ever heard the word ratchet being used by black people. I've heard ghetto being used by white people. Ghetto, working class, those kind of words. But the word ratchet, do you not always hear it coming from other black people? Like, oh, that girl, she's so ratchet. Like, she's such a mess. Mm, okay. So is that popular culture then? Is that because mm. we hear that from? So that's an American term. Yeah. So yeah. that's not really a British, not a British term. term. So it's not really taught by. We didn't really no. just as, as black British women. We didn't come up with that Absolutely. word. So Absolutely. So it's what they show on, let's say, Housewives, yeah. Atlanta, yeah. all these reality shows, mm -hmm. scripted reality shows mm -hmm. now, and then we've unfortunately adopted that yeah. again. We adopt Americanisms. Yeah, we do. Mm -hmm. We do. So. Why not create our own language? Why do we have to then assign Absolutely. ourselves with that type of discourse? Which, I don't know, they may experience it differently than mm. we do as black British women. I don't know what it's like to be a no, black absolutely. American woman. but I think black British identity yeah. in the past few years has become a thing. Like before that, nobody was really talking about it in academia, in everyday life. It was everyone who was just kind of like, oh, I'm Gambian, I'm Nigerian, I'm Jamaican, whatever. Yeah. Now we're actually starting to identify like, oh, I'm black British. Yeah. So I think, unlike the African Americans who have this whole culture that is solidified and, you know, archived, etc., mm. we're just starting that process. Mm. So in my opinion, I don't see the necessarily the problem in kind of borrowing some of those isms if it's going to help us build our own if that makes sense okay, okay. right so if i'm like okay i'm a working class black woman here in the uk yeah i dress a certain way i talk a certain way people perceive me a certain way mm. and that aligns with the culture from somewhere else that, that that's their problem mm. that's their problem because if their perception do not match what your Mm -hmm. you're, who you are then the problem lies with them so then that's the the, the issue is or is it issue you mentioned about being unapologetic yeah yeah so therefore it's also about changing the narrative do we yeah. do you think we as black women rubbish women have the option to change the narrative and just being unapologetically us without being labeled as as ratchet ghetto loud all that do you think we really have the freedom and the space just to be unapologetically me you in reality yeah. no we don't have that freedom but i feel like you always have the force do you know what i mean mm. so for example the starting point for me is do you see those words as bad things 
So do you see being ratchet, being ghetto, being whatever, is that a bad thing? If you start That's, off asking mm, that question, mm. that in turn is going to lead to everything else. Because I, for years and years and years, that was an insult to me. Somebody called me ratchet. Yeah. I was like, why? You know, getting, getting laid. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean I'm getting ratchet? But in turn, when you now start to, you know, look at yourself and really look at your culture, and mm. I'm like, okay, what's so wrong with being ratchet? Like, what's so wrong Only with and put right. the power back exactly. in our hands and exactly. that in that right. Exactly. You're then reclaiming it. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm ratchet and what? Okay. And then now when somebody calls you ratchet, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ratchet and what? <laughs> what are you gonna do? Is, is, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's like back in the day when people called women like you're a slut. Mm. And now you have like the amber roses of the world. Oh yeah. Doing yeah. you know slut walk where it's like okay I'm a slut and what? Mm. You have to when you then reclaim it, you can then put your own definition. Just how you know Amber Rose changed the definition of slut to like all women who see yeah, empowerment to women empowerment now. Women yeah. Enjoy yeah. 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 And I think by reclaiming words like ratchet and ghetto, you then become your own definition of that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if I can say that I'm ratchet, it's like I'm gonna be ratchet. I don't know what I thought it was. Yeah. Because I can stand up and say that yeah I got my door knock earrings on. Yeah. You know, on a Tuesday I'll be rocking my 30 inch blonde yeah. wig. Yeah, you know yeah. I, I got mean? that too. Down draw. Bridgeton High School. Yeah. We're doing a madness. Yeah. But at the same time, you're I educated. Get, you're okay. in, in I get invited universe. to universities to talk about black feminism, mm. to talk about theory. So those don't have to be two separate parts of my identity. They are the same person yeah. and the same sailor yeah. everywhere. Which is where I feel about unapologeticness. You shouldn't have to feel like, as a black woman, you go into a certain space and you be one version of yourself. And then as soon as you leave, you're a different version. Like, mm-hmm. You don't have to be, oh, with my black friends, I'm this and that and that. Mm-hmm. I talk this way, I dress this way. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm in a white institution at university, mm-hmm. I look this way, I talk this way, I read these books. In reality, those are all you. Yeah. And you should feel free to do all of those mm. in any space that you are. And that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm rich. Mm. I'm a working class black woman. But I'm also in these universities working with young women, doing all these things that otherwise don't Mm. Need that narrative of ratchetness, mm. and it's great, and it's you're you're touching on basically cognitive dissonance, uh-huh. and you're dealing with that issue, and so many women do with that. Do you know what I mean? Black mm-hmm. women and black mm-hmm. girls, so growing up with that, and I'm, that's so powerful what you're doing. Thank you. So yeah, <laughs> thank you. So where can they find you? People follow you, subscribe, please. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So, I'm on Twitter. I'm a bit of a mess on Twitter. Just been ranting. It's a mixture of like feminism, talking about celebrity gossip, and then maybe like pictures of Idris Elba and Skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm Ratchet. Yeah, so, yeah. At, call me Sana yeah. on Twitter. Uh-huh. On Instagram as well, but I just post selfies on them. Uh-huh. It's the same everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, just stay tuned. Hopefully you'll see my face somewhere yeah. near you. What's next for you then after uni? Or do, what, well, what's that for you? Because you're, oh, you're here talking. I'm at uni. Yeah. Um, doing the feminist thing with Victoria. Yeah. But I also st- started my own business. Easy. Come on, speak on it. <laughs> speak uh-huh. on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I launched my bundles business. Because I'm a hairstylist. Yeah. yeah. 
Thank you guys. So there you go. Go follow her. Go get your bundles and go get your feminism from this woman right now. Powerful, amazing. Hold on. Does it not come from the black community? Really? Who said who? I've only ever heard the word ratchet being used by black people. I've heard ghetto being used by white people. Ghetto, working class, those kind of words. But the word ratchet, do you not always hear it coming from other black people like, oh, that girl, she's so ratchet, like, she's such a mess. Mm, okay. So is that popular culture then? Is that because mm. we hear that from? Because that's an American term. Yeah. Because yeah. that's not really a British, not a British term. term. So it's not really taught by. We didn't really no. just as, as black British women. We didn't come up with that Absolutely. word. So Absolutely. So it's what they show on, let's say, Housewives, yeah. Atlanta, yeah. all these reality shows, mm -hmm. scripted reality shows mm -hmm. now, and then we've unfortunately adopted that yeah. again. We adopt Americanisms. Yeah, we do. Mm -hmm. We do. So. Why not create our own language? Why do we have to then assign Absolutely. ourselves with that type of discourse? Which, I don't know, they may experience it differently than mm. we do as black British women. I don't know what it's like to be a no, black absolutely. American woman. but I think black British identity yeah. in the past few years has become a thing. Like before that, nobody was really talking about it in academia, in everyday life. It was everyone who was just kind of like, oh, I'm Gambian, I'm Nigerian, I'm Jamaican, whatever. Yeah. Now we're actually starting to identify like, oh, I'm black British. Yeah. So I think, unlike the African-Americans who have this whole culture that is solidified and, you know, archived, etc., mm. we're just starting that process. Mm. So in my opinion, I don't see the necessarily the problem in kind of borrowing some of those isms okay. if it's going to help us build our own if that makes sense okay right okay. so if i'm like okay i'm a working class black woman here in the uk yeah i dress a certain way i talk a certain way people perceive me a certain way mm. and that aligns with the culture from somewhere else that, that that's their problem mm. that's their problem because if their perception do not match what your Mm -hmm. you, who you are then the problem lies with them so then that's the the, the issue is or is it issue you mentioned about being unapologetic yeah yeah so therefore it's also about changing the narrative do we yeah. do you think we as black women rubbish women have the option to change the narrative and just being unapologetically us without being labelled as as ratchet, ghetto, loud, all that. Do you think we really have the freedom and the space just to be unapologetically me? You. In reality, yeah. no, we don't have that freedom. But I feel like you almost have a force. Do you know what I mean? So, for example, 
the starting point for me is, do you see those words as bad things? So do you see being ratchet, being ghetto, being whatever, is that a bad thing? If you start That's, off asking mm, that question, mm. that in turn is going to lead to everything else. Because I, for years and years and years, that was an insult to me. Somebody called me ratchet. Yeah. I was like, why? You know, getting laid on Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean I'm getting ratchet? But in turn, when you now start to, you know, look at yourself and really look at your culture, and mm. I'm like, okay, what's so wrong with being ratchet? Like, what's so wrong Only and put right. the power back exactly. in our hands and exactly. not in that right. Because exactly. you're then reclaiming it. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm ratchet and what? And then now when somebody calls you ratchet, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ratchet and what? What are you gonna do? It, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's like back in the day when people call women like you're a slut. Mm. And now you have like the amber roses of the world. Oh yeah. Doing yeah. you know slut walk where it's like okay I'm a slut and what? Mm. You have to when you then reclaim it, you can then put your own definition. Just how you know Amber Rose changed the definition of slut to like all women who see yeah, women empowerment now. Women who yeah. Enjoy some sexuality. Yeah. 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 And I think by reclaiming words like ratchet and ghetto, you then become your own definition of words. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if I can say that I'm ratchet, it's like, oh, maybe ratchet is what I thought it was. Yeah. Because I can stand up and say that, yeah, I got my door knock earrings on. Yeah. You know, on a Tuesday, I'll be rocking my 30 inch blonde yeah. wig. Yeah, yeah. I, mean? I got that too, my drawer. Down Brixton High School. Yeah. We're doing a madness. Mm. But at the same time, you're educated, you're okay. in, in I get invited university. to universities to talk about black feminism, mm. to talk about theory. So, those don't have to be two separate parts of my identity. They are the same person yeah. and the same sailor yeah. everywhere. Which is where I mean about the unapologeticness. You shouldn't have to feel like, as a black woman, you go into a certain space and you be one version of yourself. And then as soon as you leave, you're a different version. Like, mm-hmm. You don't have to be, oh, with my black friends, I'm this and that and that. Mm-hmm. I talk this way, I dress this way. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm in a white institution at university, mm-hmm. I look this way, I talk this way, I read Mm. In reality, those are all you. Yeah, and you should feel free to do all of those mm. in any space that you are, and that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm rich. Mm. I'm a working class black woman, but I'm also in these universities working with young women, doing all these things that otherwise don't. Mm. Need that narrative of ratchetness. Mm. And it's great, and it's you're you're touching on basically cognitive dissonance, uh-huh. and you're dealing with that issue. And so many women do with that. Do you know what I mean? Black mm-hmm. women and black girls. So growing up with that, and I'm, that's so powerful what you're doing. Thank you. So yeah, <laughs> thank you. So where can they find you? People follow you. Subscribe, please. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So, I'm on Twitter. I'm a bit of a mess on Twitter. Just been ranting. It's a mixture of like feminism, talking about celebrity gossip, and then maybe like pictures of Idris Elba and Skeptor. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm Ratchet. Yeah, so, yeah. At Call Me Sana yeah. on Twitter. Uh-huh. On Instagram as well, but I just post selfies on them. Uh-huh. It's the same everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, just stay tuned. Hopefully you'll see my face somewhere yeah. near you. What's next for you then after uni? Or do, what, well, what's that for you? Because you're, oh, you're here talking. I'm at uni. Yeah. Um, doing the feminist thing with Victoria. Yeah. But I also st- started my own business. Easy. Come on, speak on it. <laughs> speak uh-huh. on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I don't smoke bundle business because I'm a hairstylist. <laughs> yeah, multifaceted. Boobs. Yes, yes, that's what we definitely. Yes, we are. So, I'm a hairstylist, uh -huh. so I also do hair and I sell bundles, uh -huh. and that's what I'm doing at the moment. And then uni in September again, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and then doing the work with Victoria. Yeah. So we out here. We're out yeah, here. Yeah, out here. Well done. Well done. Yeah, man. And I support you on that. So well done. I'm thanking you for being a Thank super you, black woman. <laughs> Speaking your damn mind and being unapologetic Girl, stop. They about can't that. They can't even see me doing all this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Thank you guys. So there you go. Go follow her. Go get your bundles and go get your feminism from this woman right now. Powerful. Amazing. Welcome back to my podcast, I Speak Your Damn Mind, and I'm your host, Serena Laidley. And this is a special episode where I congratulate all those who have attended university and have graduated this week. In this episode, I speak with the lovely Sienna, studying whilst black at Cambridge University. Take a listen. my podcast I speak a damn mind and I'm your host Serena Laidley and this is a special episode where I congratulate all those who have attended university and have graduated this week in this episode I speak with the lovely Sienna studying whilst black at Cambridge University take a listen my podcast I speak a damn mind and I'm your host Serena Laidley and this is a special episode where I congratulate all those who have attended university and have graduated this week in this episode I speak with the lovely Sienna studying whilst black at Cambridge University take a listen And welcome back to my podcast, I Speak a Damn Mind. And I'm your host, Serena Laidley. And this is a special episode where I congratulate all those who have attended university and have graduated this week. In this episode, I speak with the lovely Sienna, studying whilst black at Cambridge University. Take a listen. Hold on. Does it not come from the black community? Really? Who said who? I've only ever heard the word ratchet being used by black people. I've heard ghetto being used by white people. Ghetto, working class, those kind of words. But the word ratchet, do you not always hear it coming from other black people? Like, oh, that girl, she's so ratchet. Like, she's such a mess. Mm, okay. So is that popular culture then? 
Is that because mm. we hear that from? Because that's an American term. Yeah. So yeah. that's not really a British, not a British term. term. So it's not really taught by. We didn't really no. just as, as black British women. We didn't come up with that Absolutely. word. So Absolutely. So it's what they show on, let's say, Housewives, yeah. Atlanta, yeah. or these reality shows, mm-hmm. scripted reality shows mm-hmm. now, and then we've unfortunately adopted that yeah. again. We adopt Americanisms. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We do. So. Why not create our own language? Why do we have to then assign ourselves with that type of discourse? Which, I don't know, they may experience it differently than Mm. we do as black British women. I don't know what it's like to be a black American woman. But I think black British identity in the past few years has become a thing. Like before that, nobody was really talking about it in mm-hmm. academia, in everyday life. Because everyone was just kind of like, oh, I'm Gambian, I'm Nigerian, I'm Jamaican, whatever. Yeah. Now we're actually starting to identify like, oh, I'm black British. Yeah. So I think, unlike the African Americans who have this whole culture that is solidified and, you know, archived, etc., mm. we're just starting that process. Mm. So in my opinion, I don't see the necessarily the problem in kind of borrowing some of those isms okay. if it's going to help us build our own if that makes sense okay right okay. so if i'm like okay i'm a working class black woman here in the uk yeah i dress a certain way i talk a certain way people perceive me a certain way mm. and that aligns with the culture from somewhere else that, that that's true? their problem mm. that's their problem because if their perception do not match what your Mm-hmm. Your, you, who you are then the problem lies with them so then that's the the, the issue is or is it issue you mentioned about being unapologetic yeah yeah so therefore it's also about changing the narrative do we yeah. do you think we as black women rubbish women have the option to change the narrative and just being unapologetically us without being labelled as as ratchet, ghetto, loud, all that. Do you think we really have the freedom and the space just to be unapologetically me? You. In reality, yeah. no, we don't have that freedom. But I feel like you always have a full Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, for example, the starting point for me is do you see those words as bad things? So, do you see being ratchet, being ghetto, being whatever? Is that a bad thing? If you start That's, off asking mm, that question, mm. that in turn is going to lead to everything else. Because I, for years and years and years, that was an insult to me. Somebody called me ratchet. Yeah. I was like, why? You know, getting, getting laid. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean I'm getting ratchet? But in turn, when you now start to you know look at yourself and really look at your culture, and mm. I'm like, okay, what's so wrong with being ratchet? Like, what's so wrong Own it and put right. the power back exactly. in our hands and exactly. not in that right. Exactly. Because you're then reclaiming it. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm ratchet and what? And then now when somebody calls you ratchet, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah, I'm ratchet and what? <laughs> what are you going to do? It, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's like back in the day when people called women like, you're a slut. Mm. And now you have like the amber roses of the world oh, yeah. doing, yeah. you know, slut walk where it's like, okay, I'm a slut and what? Mm. You have to, when you then reclaim it, you can then. For your own definition. 
just how you know Amber Rose changed the definition of slut to like all women who sleep. Yeah, around. empower women yes, to women empowerment now. Women yeah. 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 And I think by reclaiming words like ratchet and ghetto, mm -hmm. you then become your own definition of love. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if I can say that I'm ratchet, it's like, oh, maybe ratchet isn't what I thought it was. Yeah. Because I can stand up and say that, yeah. I got my door knock earrings on. Yeah. You know, on a Tuesday I'll be rocking my 30 inch blonde yeah. wig. Yeah, yeah. I, mean? I got that too. Brown Brixton High School. Yeah. We doing a madness, mm. but at the same time, you're I educated. Get, you're okay. in, in I get invited university. to universities to talk about black feminism, mm. to talk about theory. So those don't have to be two separate parts of my identity. They are the same person yeah. and the same sailor yeah. everywhere, which is where I feel about unapologeticness. You shouldn't have to feel like, as a black woman, you go into a certain space and you be one version of yourself. And then as soon as you leave, you're a different version. Like, mm -hmm. You don't have to be, oh, with my black friends, I'm this and that and that. Mm -hmm. I talk this way, I dress this way. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm in a white institution at university, mm -hmm. I look this way, I talk this way, I read these books. Mm -hmm. In reality, those are all you. Yeah. And you should feel free to do all of those mm -hmm. in any space that you are. And that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm rich. Mm -hmm. I'm a working class black woman. But I'm also in these universities working with young women, doing all these things that otherwise don't Need mm. that narrative of mm. and it's great and it's you're you're touching on basically cognitive dissonance uh -huh. and you're dealing with that issue and so many women do with that do you know what i mean black mm -hmm. women and black mm -hmm. girls so growing up with that and I'm, that's so powerful what you're doing thank you. so yeah <laughs> thank you so where can they find you people follow you subscribe please <laughs> okay mm. So I'm on Twitter. I'm a bit of a mess on Twitter. Just been ranting. It's a mixture of like feminism, talking about celebrity gossip, and then maybe like pictures of Idris Elba and Skepta. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm ratchet. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. At, call me Sana yeah. on Twitter, uh -huh. on Instagram as well. But I just post selfies on them. Uh -huh. It's the same everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, just stay tuned. Hopefully you'll see my face somewhere yeah. near. What's next for you then after uni or what, well, what's that for you? Because you're oh, you're here talking. I'm at uni. Yeah. Um, doing the feminist thing with Victoria. Yeah. But I also st started my own business. Is come on, speak on it. <laughs> speak uh, on it. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I launched my bundles business because I'm a hairstylist. Yeah. yeah. Multifaceted, yes, yes, that's what we definitely, yes, we are. So, I have uh -huh. so I also do hair and I sell bundles, uh -huh. and that's what I'm doing at the moment. And then, uni in September again, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and then doing the work with Victoria, yeah. So, we out here, we're out yeah, here, out here. well done, well done, yeah, man. And I support you on that, so well done. I'm thanking you for being a Thank super you, black woman. <laughs> Speaking your damn mind and being unapologetic Girl, stop. They about can't that. They can't even see me doing all this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys. So there you go. Go follow her. Go get your bundles and go get your feminism from this woman right now. Powerful, amazing.